Did you ever think you would make it? I feel I'm so close I could take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value came giving value's contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we can't no value the haters. How they run, homie, look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. Just a little Patrick Swayze right But by the way, Patrick Swayze, he used to live in La Crescento, Crescento Valley, right off. The, he could always see his place. It was off the 210 uh, freeway. Anyways, we are live, episode 209. We were able to make this work. We got Kevin Sorbo, a.k.a. the Hercules, in the house today. Kevin, great to have you on the podcast. Good to be here. Good to be here. I'm glad we, we could work it out. We got a lot of things to talk about. We do. So apparently we're going to be selling a lot of books today. <laughs> well, we're trying. We yeah. <laughs> and uh, hopefully at the end we'll kind of talk about some of the stuff we got going sure. on here with the book. But it, crazy times. There's a lot of weird things going on today. It just gets weirder. Yeah. It, it's, it's just strange. It's just strange. And the me- mainstream media loves to perpetuate it, as you know. So so, so what, do you, what do you think? So for a guy like you who's mm-hmm. been in Hollywood, you know, it, it, people would dream to have a career where they get a show that takes off Hercules. People, mm-hmm. I don't know how many countries were watching, 150 plus. We were in 176 countries. Yeah. Pardon the sin of pride, but we came, by season three, we were the most watched TV show in the world. That's pretty intense. Yeah, That's so. like a dream for yeah. an actor to do oh, that and yeah. to be the leading. So you've gone there. You've been in it for late 80s, I want to say early 90s. No, we shot from 93 to 2000. No, no, as a, as a professional. You oh, as a professional? You, as an actor. As you. an actor, I actually started in 1980. 1980. Yeah. Okay. So how much? How 40 much years. Has, so I started when I was two, I'll say, but that's not true. <laughs> how, how, how much has Hollywood changed the last 40 years? It's insanity what's going on in there. Look, my agent called me in about, it was about 10, 11 years ago. My agent manager together. They're never in the same place because they're on different sides of the hill there in, in, in California. And I felt like it was an intervention. But I walk in and said, we can't work with you anymore. Because I started getting pretty vocal on, you know, on the internet. And my wife says, they're going to come after you. I said, why? What am I? I'm just saying the truth. This is the truth. But apparently the truth is a horrible thing to say on the internet, as you know. So um, they, they said we can't work with it anymore. And Hollywood um, you know, studios say, no, no, he, he's a Christian, he's a conservative, we can't work with him. And I thought, wow, this is incredible. You guys for decades are the ones screaming for tolerance, screaming for freedom of speech. But as you know, that's all a one-way street with Hollywood. And that's too bad because I don't harbor that kind of hate and anger that they have towards people like me. I just don't. I have friends that are liberal, friends that are atheists, and we get along. We have a beer. We play golf. And we give each other a hard time, but we're still friends. But it's a different world right now in terms of, as you know, the divisiveness that's gone on. And I think it's been created a lot by some of the presidents we've had in the past and also certainly the mainstream media that jump on this bandwagon to go after anybody who has a different point of view. Kevin, in, in Hollywood, uh, Malik, if you can bring me up about five points. In Hollywood, if you look at uh, uh, some of the guys that are able to – coexist with all the other liberals that are in there. Say, politically, we know which side Hollywood leans on. It's not a new thing. Everyone knows about it. But you see some of these guys that are still able to keep producing, Mm. and they're almost like a untouchable community. They, I call it the saint status where a Clint Eastwood, you can't right. touch him. He, he's untouchable. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg was on Fox News last week sure. talking about he's moving his family to Nevada because he wants a better environment for his kids. He doesn't want the Hollywood thing to be there. He kind of feels like it's a better place for him to raise his kids. There's certain guys in Hollywood that are mm-hmm. still producing, still making. Some of them obviously got blacklisted. Vince Vaughn used to do a lot of work. He got a little bit uh, benched for a couple of years. Sure. Then he came back, maybe not at the levels he was pre-Ron Paul Libertarian, all that mm-hmm. stuff that he was doing. H- how do some of the guys that are still conservative, people know they're conser- conservative, what makes them get away with it in Hollywood? 
Well, I just think like you, you bring up a Clint Eastwood. Uh, I think the fact that he has been such a big star for so many years in the A-list world, I think that he, uh, uh, they, they know they got a hit with him. They may, they may disagree with him. I mean, was he 92 years old? I still heard he wants to direct one more movie. I've known Clint. We're not buddies, but I've known him for over 25 years. And I keep saying, Clint, one line. That's all I want in one of your movies. I just want to say I was in a Clint Eastwood movie. But at Wahlberg, I think Wahlberg is sort of in that same category in the, in the younger generation. But these guys, there's no fear with it. You know, I wasn't I wasn't in the A-list world, but I was staying busy. I mean, after Hercules, I did a show called Andromeda for five years, mm-hmm. Gene Roddenberry's yep. spinoff. And, um, you know, I, I stayed working, but I do a lot of independent movies. Hollywood gave me the boot, but I still love the industry, so I'm still staying alive. I've shot over 45 movies since Hollywood said goodbye. You know, not all of them are great, but a lot of them are pretty darn good family movies. And that's what I want to keep doing. Yeah. So I'm fortunate to keep my career going, but it's not like they. They can still do these big $100 million Why, can they? Why do you think they can do it? Why do you think a uh, – uh, for example – uh, Wahlberg, I want to say he's a Catholic, right? When he right. did the movie uh, Stu, what's the movie called? Father Stu or something. I watched yeah. it. Uh, by the way, it's not a crazy movie. I thought it was going to be a better movie. I'm a big Mark Wal- Wal- Wahlberg fan. Sure. I wouldn't say it's his top 10 movie of all time, but it really impacted him in a way where he mm-hmm. kind of came out and talked about how this movie got me thinking, family, all this other stuff. How long has it been known that Wahlberg or Clint or some of these guys are either conservative or not part of the camp in Hollywood? How long has that been known? Um, I, well, I think it varies for each of them. I think for Clint, it's been for a long time. I mean, he wasn't afraid. Of, you know, he was the mayor of Carmel up there. In That's the right, and, just for one reason. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just think that uh, there's there's no fear factor with him, and I think that's great. I think he got guys like Bruce Willis. He's been more vocal. Unfortunately, he's not, his health's not very good right mm-hmm. now. James Woods, he got banned from you know Facebook and Twitter. I got banned from Facebook for posting the truth about COVID, but uh, God forbid you do that. Mark Zuckerberg's a bit of a wuss, and his trolls are the same. But, you know, you got, I, I'm going to keep fighting the good fight. And... Uh, Keep speaking for the truth, and we gotta we gotta keep doing that. How these, how long these guys done it, and I, I I have no idea. I just know that Mark Wahlberg I think has been more vocal lately. I think Adam Sandler's on that side too. He's not as vocal, but he still has messages in his movies that show that he is. And I know I pretty know he's more conservative than people probably know. But um, you know, it's. It's a, I think there's a fear factor for so many people. I get actors every time that do my movies come up to me because I produce my own movies. I've been directing a lot lately. And they come up, hey, thanks for being a voice for us. And I go, why don't you be a voice for yourself? Why do I have to be your mm-hmm. voice? Well, they don't want the same yeah. thing to happen to them that happened to me. What, what year did this, this really start culminating? Like you said you started acting in the 80s. You probably didn't right. notice it then. You know, Clint Eastwood's been speaking yeah. at the RNC for 20 years now, yeah. whatever it is. But you must have noticed some sort of slippery slope in Hollywood. Like, was there a trigger point when you start to see the mechanics kind of shifting and, and, and the wokeism taking over? I've, when did I've that always, happen? I've always seen it, but I think when Obama got elected, I think 2008 was a turning point. Um, not because he's uh, half black, by the way, he's also half white. Okay, people forget. Um, I, I just think that he brought forward a different view of, uh, of America to people. Uh, you know, we get his, get his wife saying, I'm finally proud of being American. Really? You know, just, we're not a perfect country, but we're still a country everybody wants to go to, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's taking boats from Key West to Cuba. They're all coming across here. Correct. So um, to me, it's like I, I started noticing it during those years, especially, I think the last, I think when Trump got elected, they get attacked every single day. Here's a guy that both parties loved. He was on all the talk shows. He was on the magazines. They had him all. The once he decided to go for one side and say, look, I'm, be, I'm conservative. I'm going to make America a better place. Every day. I don't think no president has gone through what he's gone through every single day of his presidency. And they still mm-hmm. go after him. So, but, so you know what that does to me, though? This gets me to think about. Because 
at one point, you're right, Trump was untouchable. Trump was saint status. Trump was, you know, larger than life. Mm-hmm. Tupac talks about, I mean, everybody would, uh, you know, rap about uh, Trump. And then he goes out. So, so maybe the differentiator is there's got to be a line you can't cross with Hollywood for them to turn on you. You can be privately known as conservative like a Mark Wahlberg or a Clint Eastwood or mm-hmm. Adam Sandler or some of these names you're saying, but as long as you're not too vocal like a you know James Woods, as, as long as you're not too vocal right. as yourself or some other people, we'll let you slide, but you cannot be too vocal. You think that's kind of what the line is there? Yeah, I, I think for me, not being an A-lister, but being an actor that was still steadily working and still have every year for so the last four decades, um, I was easier to go after right away because I'm not doing – Three hundred million dollar movies that are making a billion dollars for the studio. I mean, they can claim, they can scream all they want that they love socialism. Let's face it. I mean, Disney still wants to make money. They're a capitalist business. They can put on I think that I flag. Agree. I don't know if Shapek wants to make money. So yeah, that's why he got fired. That's why he got, yeah. I got rid of him. Yeah. Oh, and he was good at not making money. Yeah, he was very good at not making money. I mean, you guys hear about? Uh, uh, by the way, two comments. One, what you just said about uh, COVID. You made a comment on Facebook. I don't know if you guys saw this on Twitter. Uh, this is as of November 23rd. This is an announcement. Effective November 23rd, 2022, Twitter is no longer enforcing the COVID-19 misleading information policy. So that announcement was just made. What, what does that ago, mean exactly? Right? Which means now if you want to push back to Fauci, if you want to push back with vaccines, mm-hmm. if you want to push back with that, Twitter is no longer banning you like they did before. That's mm. what they're talking about. Or if you want to ask them why they're pushing amnesty through a... Uh, a very carefully placed uh, piece in the Atlantic where they're saying, oh, why don't we just get over all this and give everybody amnesty? Oh, really? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Well, now, why would you need amnesty? <laughs> what, what do you think about, you know, a guy that's been in the space? What do you think uh, with uh, what's happening with uh, Disney? Disney just came out with this one movie, uh, a cartoon. Stra- is it Strange World? Yeah, Strange World. Strange World. I went with my son to watch this movie. Apparently, this movie, they cost him a... $180 million to make. Mm-hmm. They're expecting to lose $100 million. It's known as their worst bomb of all time. This is back-to-back with the other movie they did. Uh, what's the Lightyear, Buzz Lightyear? Yeah, which uh, also bombed. Yeah. Which, which was also bomb. I, and I tweeted about this. If you can't go on Twitter, I want to show uh, the backlash I got, which was awesome. It was funny as hell. So I, I'm watching this movie this weekend. We take the kids. It's me, uh, my six-year-old uh, daughter, Senna, Dylan, and my 10-year-old son. We're sitting there watching the movie. Commercials start. We like the commercials. And then the movie starts. Within five, 10 minutes, my son looks at me and says, Dad, I have no desire to watch this movie. Let's leave. Right? Don't go to this one. Go to the original one, what I posted. Go Keep going back. Keep going back. Keep going lower. Or it's not going to let you do it. Uh, let's see if it's not going to let you do it. It's one more after that. Oh, my goodness. Keep going. A little bit more. That's one right there. So zoom in. So I said, took the kids to watch this movie. Uh, cartoon Strange World. Within 10 minutes of the movie, my 10-year-old son's the dad. I have no desire to watch this movie. Can we leave? Tico says this to me, right? Your oldest son. My oldest son. He says this, and we leave. Because within 10 minutes, everything is, seems to be a little bit too much of messaging, and it's not even holding back anymore. It's in your face. And then I got trolled, which was hilarious. Go back up to some of the comments, the one that you were. Yeah, keep going. About uh, the vernacular. Look, look at this used. one here. This is sick. Look at this. Dearest father. It has been 10 minutes, and I'm already unentertained by this subpar production due to the average attention span of my age. Anyways, people trolled Tico, and they said, what 10-year-old son says 
I have no desire to watch this movie. I said, a 10-year-old who's watched, read 500 books. Right, what like they don't know about Tico. They don't know who he is. literally how he talks. <laughs> That's how he yeah. talks. It's so weird. Father, though, I, yeah. I have no <laughs> desire to perpetuate this so you, indoctrination. But what, what is the movie about, though? You haven't, you haven't what heard you, them. What do you think about We'll talk about that. What do you think about Hollywood? What do you think about what's going on with Disney right now, specifically Disney? It's, it's weird to me that they want to cater to these lowest percentage of people in, on the planet. I mean, you know... I, it's, I, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand this wokeness thing. I think I, I was think I'm one of the first people that got, you know, attacked by the woke world and the cancel culture in Hollywood 12 years ago when they basically said we can't work with you anymore before it became a term. And uh, I, I, I honestly don't get it. You look at a movie like the Top Gun Maverick movie. It did so well because people said, here's just a movie that just, you know, waves the flag. Certainly it does, but that's what Top Gun that all things all about. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. Pushing this agenda or pushing that agenda. We didn't even know who the enemy was. We no, didn't know who the bad. They, they didn't want to. They, well, yeah. they didn't want to do that either. But you know, but it, at the same time, it was just a movie that was just fun to watch, and it was just uh, you know, it, it, it did so well because it catered to the audience that still wants to go see theaters. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. You know, people get mad. There was a movie. Was this the one that had the gay relationship in it or something? So they get mad because people don't want to see that. And you're going, well, let people see what they want to see. I thought there's supposed to be a free country and we're supposed to go where we want. You know, it's, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not telling Disney not to do what they're doing with the movies, but that, why am I doing movies that are totally opposite, that have love and hope and laughter and redemption? Those are the kind of movies I want to do, and those are the movies that people keep telling me to make. But I don't have a $100 million budget like they do to advertise it, because they did. That's what they did. A movie like that needs to get to about $500, $600 million to break even. Yep. And that's why they keep doing movies like avatar and avengers and things like that they need to get to that level but they're going to make two billion dollars in theaters so they're going to make pirates of the caribbean 14 they're going to keep making these movies <laughs> avengers people get tired of 340 they'll, and they'll keep doing it so you you think that's going to pay johnny depp the 300 million dollars to do pirates of the caribbean probably and you think he's going to accept it probably <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you might have heard he's had some legal troubles yeah but when you said oh, you said the term they, they keep playing to the lowest percentage of people what do you mean by that exactly? Well, it just seems like they, they wanted. To, okay, what what percentage of the population is transgender? Zero point yeah, five percent. It's pretty nothing. low. Yeah, exactly. Fine. If people want to do that way. Like, fine. I, I'm not racist towards that or hate people that go through that. In mm-hmm. fact, I feel sorry for some because what I've read about it, they go through a lot of things psychologically as well. There's a lot of trauma. Yeah, a lot of yep, trauma in that sure. world. And then the gay population, I love when they call me a homophobe. I've been in the business 40 years. I work with gay people in every set I've been on. You won't find one that said, he was so mean to me. They won't. But it's easy. Just being a conservative is yeah. enough for them to say, oh, he hates gay people. No, he don't. But it's easy to have that mark. And they have their labels. But that's all they have is their labels. They don't have things to back it up. They have these little labels that the media yeah. tells them to say, you're racist, you're homophobe, you're anti-Semite. They say all this stuff. Well, they're actually the ones who are anti-Semite. But anyway, uh, it's a weird world out there right now where they come after you for anything. I mean, the people that attack me on Twitter, I can say, great day in the golf course. I hope you die. You know, <laughs> so, like, these, these people have nothing better to do with their lives. And to me, I feel more sad for them. I don't feel anger towards them. I feel like, my God, what kind of life did they lead when they got to wake up every morning, look in the mirror and hey, what they see? What a horrible way to go through life every you're, day. You're saying like the law of large numbers that 0.5%, 5%, 2%, whatever the number is, yeah. they're catering to that audience than sure. the 90 plus percent. Which is, you know what which it's is like? weird. Yeah, it's called the loudest like. percent. What business are you in? You're in what business? The life insurance business. But, but you're not You're not just in the life insurance business. Settlement. You're in the life settlement business. Correct. Okay, so life settlement. 
imagine if you started targeting 20-year-olds yeah, and, and your commercials yeah. for life settlement, which is what? For clients that are above 78, let's just say, right? 75 70, and correct, up, right? Correct, correct. Imagine if these life settlement companies started targeting 18-year-old kids saying, e think about your life insurance policy. 18-year-old kids can say, what the hell? I guarantee no you sense. 90% of people listening to this right now don't even know what life settlement is. Correct. Like, I'm sorry. Nor let me Google life. Here's what life settlement is. You're 75 years old. You have a $5 million insurance policy. You got a $2 million insurance policy. Everybody you love is no longer alive, and your kids, who you had insurance for, no longer need insurance because they're married, their career is fine, they're doing good, but your premium used to be $200 a month. Now it's $500 a month. Now it's $2,000 a month. You can't afford it. So you got $5 million. A guy like this comes up to you and says, listen, I'll pay you 18% for your $2 million policy. You're paying however much money. I'll pay you 18% for it. What's 18%? $360,000 here. Mm -hmm. Give us a $2 million insurance policy. We'll pay the premium. You're 78 years old. Based on your life expectancy, you're going to die at 85. We'll take the risk. Okay, cool. 360, I'm alive. I get the $2 million policy. I'll make the exchange, right? Mm -hmm. If an insurance company targeted 18-year-olds, that's stupid practice, okay? And that's what Disney's doing. So on the capitalism side, it's dumb practice because capitalism eventually exposes dumb ideas and Disney's getting exposed for dumb ideas. Bob Shapek, where they had to beg a Bob Iger to come back, which Bob Iger is sitting there saying, I may have some political aspirations that he has to put on pause because the guy went from being a Democrat to apparently he's a more in the independent middle right now. And he was kind of having the conversation when he was buying 21st Century Fox when Murdoch asked him and said, hey, any aspirations to run for office? Not really, even though he was thinking about running for president. Will Bob Iger save it? Then there's the other part. So one is capitalism yeah. is going to expose. You know what the other part is? Here's the other part. Sitting there with the movie. It's literally the scene when it happens. So, so far, I'm trying to figure out what's going on with this cartoon. I actually like watching cartoons. I like cartoons. I'm the 44-year-old guy that likes watching a good cartoon. And then all of a sudden, you see this 10-year-old uh, kid blushing when another 10-year-old kid with highlights shows up. It's like, oh, oh, my God. And I'm like, wait, what? And they come like, oh. I said, okay, I get you. What you're trying to do, you want to say that we have a high DEI score because everything you have meets the guidelines of that community. Okay, one, uh, don't forget who your customers are. Mm. Kids are not buying $20 tickets. Parents are. Mm -hmm. You're an idiot if you think parents are going to sit there. Most parents are going to sit there and say, well, you know what? Uh, it's okay. No, a lot of parents are going to say, no, it's not okay. And then they're going to go to a different place. So then the, the rumor mill goes into this story, which I want to read in a time. I want to get your commentary on this. Crazy story. No, it's not true. There's no way this would ever happen. We never talked about this. We've never had any kind of an interest in this. This isn't true. It's just a bunch of people writing about it. Can we stop talking about this topic here? I want to see where the story is, by the way. Da -da -da -da. There it is. Okay, page four. Uh, let me read this to you. So um, crazy rumor says Bob Iger might want to sell Disney to Apple. In a move worthy of HBO's TV show, hit succession, Disney announced late on Sunday that Bob Iger is replacing Shapek as CEO. Shapek was the CEO of Disney for nearly three years. He was Iger's pick for the job when he retired from his tenure as CEO. Now Iger's new mission is to find another replacement, but Disney's insiders now claim that Iger's ultimate goal might be to sell the company with Apple, being the most likely buyer. We have, been, uh, we have seen speculation in the past that either Disney or Apple would be interested in such a deal. Previously, Iger noted that Steve Jobs was a close friend, a Disney-Apple merger, might have been on the table if it weren't for Jobs. Ultimately, death 
In 2011, with Iger's return to Disney, insiders are already speculating that his mission might be to sell the company. And the Apple's name is popping up again. One such insider talked to Ramp, saying that Iger will sell the company. This is the pinnacle deal for the ultimate deal maker, the unnamed insider claimed. This is not verified. Nobody knows. Can it happen? Tom, what are your thoughts on the story? Well, I think what's going on is it it has to happen. What you have to do is don't think of Disney as a content company right now. Think of it as an entertainment company. So, and they have all these legs of entertainment. They got the theme parks, they make their own movies, but they've also know that the control has shifted because all of the, the expensive infrastructure guys are going bankrupt, right? Be, whether it be DirecTV, whether it be Dish, or delivering hard cable. All of that is a losing business. Over the top is everything, and we all call it streaming. And if you take a look at it, Hulu's got about 10, 11% of total streaming market now. And Disney Plus has got about 15%. So that's 25% of it. Remember, that's of spend because Hulu gives you live sports, local channels, mm-hmm. all that. Disney Plus gives you the Marvel library. I actually like the Hulu product. I just got turned on to it recently. I, I like the product. I love the Hulu product. I'm a longtime subscriber. Yeah. Uh, and then Disney Plus has got massive libraries. So that's really a Netflix competitor, if you think about that. They got the Marvel, they got Lucasfilms, sure, and they have all their sure. own stuff. Um, now you step back and look at it and say, wait a minute, what of Apple TV? What library do they have? Well, they don't really. How are they able to compete with YouTube and with Hulu to be the cable provider? So you get your local channels and all the other stuff right, with it. Right. The answer is they really can't. They're kind of stuck at 7%. If Apple buys Disney, you instantly have one-third share of the streaming dollars and a quarter of the over-the-top cable subscribers. That's huge. And so now you have consolidation. And you have to step back and look at, and I'll do a tangent here, but I think people understand it. Remember a day about 10 years ago, we had about seven mobile phone companies in the United States? Mm -hmm. Now we have basically three. T-Mobile, which includes Sprint, Verizon, AT&T. That is 95%. So the consolidation happens. So Iger yesterday was asked about Disney uh, selling to Apple. And you hear what he said? He said, I don't think Disney is going to be making any massive acquisitions for a while. I'm very interested in reducing the $1.5 billion loss we had on streaming at Hulu. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That wasn't the question was answered. I wasn't asking if you would make a large acquisition. I was asking if Apple would acquire you. And he very skillfully answered it a very specific way. And I took... I took note of that, and I believe what's going to happen here, the over-the-top consolidation has to continue. That's a big, if Apple does that, they already have a monopoly, yep. only in Twitter over the weekend, the last couple of days. Yep. This would be massive if Apple pulled this off. And, and by the way, if there's anybody that has the cash to pull it off, that can do the financing, it's one company, and that's Apple. Kevin, have you ever worked with Disney? Um, I have. I have. They're actually the sitcom for them. And when Andromeda finished in 2005, I did a sitcom that was owned by them because they owned ABC as well. And uh, it was called uh, Bobby Cannon. It's an idea that uh, I came up with my, with my old manager. We wrote out the um, you know, 10-page outline for the series, the Bible for the series. We got Barry Kemp to come in and write it. Barry Kemp wrote, he created the Coach series with Craig T. Nelson. He created the Bob Newhart series. Norm MacDonald's a really good writer. And uh, we actually tested number one of their tw- of their twenty. They had about twenty eight pilots that year. They don't what do year th- was this? Uh, two thousand five. Okay. 
Go on. You can see Bobby Ken. It's online. I, I play an aging quarterback for the Chicago Bears at the end of his career. It's kind of like coach meets cheers in a way. Mm. Still a playboy, still playing around. Kate Walsh was in it, playing my biographer. She went on to do private practice for many years. Rocky Carroll has been on NCIS the last decade. Great cast. And um, we tested number one for ABC, and they didn't pick us up. Welcome to, the, welcome to the politics of, of Hollywood. Who knows oh. what they are? People don't realize that each of these network guys that, that run it, CBS, NBC, Fox, whatever, they, the presence, they get the final say. So there's a lot of good shows out there that people will never, ever, ever know about. There it is right there. People will never know about the show. And they'll never, um, and it's a great show. We tested number one. They bring me to New York for upfronts. They picked it up. The next day, they decided not to pick it up. I went from like riding high. They did, um, USA Today did a big article on me saying uh, Kevin Sorbo from Herc to Kirk because I played you know Captain Dylan Hunt, but you know it's sequel to to Shatters. Is he now the king of comedy? Big article on me. It was wow. Uh, it was very exciting, very cool because I'd done a number of guest mm-hmm. spots. I was on Murder Show. I was on three, Two and a Half Men. I've done uh, Darman Greg. All these different shows. Uh, and uh, I figured this is going to be awesome. I love the live audiences. It was a blast. We had a great time with the show. It's absolutely hilarious, and they don't pick it up. How, look how are this. decisions like that made, by the way? Like, I have, who knows? Really? I, I think there's politics involved. Yeah. But they have a thing, they have a thing in there um, that they call it, I can't remember, it was, it was the head of Lormar at one time. And he, uh, they came up with a rule, ruling because this is what happened. There was a series of JAG. You may have heard of JAG. Of course. You ran yeah, for 10 years. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Well, at, at the first season was, was NBC or whatever, going to CBS. Um, the Les Moonves Law, that's what they call it. So what happened was the show, um, they, they didn't like the ratings on the show. So CBS says, well, we'll buy it. They buy it. It becomes a massive top 10 hit for 10, 12 years. So they don't want to be embarrassed anymore by doing a show that they pull off the air. So now they sit on the shelf for five years. They, you have to sign a contract. We own it for five years no matter what happens to it and the pilot. So they don't do it. They let a die of attrition on the shelf instead of actually putting it back out there for people. And the egos of all these guys coming in, they don't want to take an old show from somebody else anyway and redo it. They want their own show with their own people. And that's what happens when any you know, network or studio gets taken over by somebody new. A lot of people lose their jobs and they bring in their own people. So this is the battle with that show. It's a great, great show. And it's unfortunate that it didn't go. But that's part of the, the deal. you got to fight with these guys because it happens all the time. And that, it killed me when that show didn't go. Kevin, did you ever in, in your career in Hollywood, did anybody ever sit you down and say, hey, Kevin, relax. You're talking too much. you got a good career. Be quiet. You know, Keep your politics to yourself. It's going to hurt your career. You shouldn't be doing it. Any big name people ever give you counsel like that or no? Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. We're walking. It was uh, 2007 or eight. We're at the Emmy Awards. And uh, we're walking into the governor's ball afterwards, and award show was over. And he's always been a cool guy. I don't I don't know him well, but every time I met him, he's always just been a class act. Me, Magnum PI, bro. Put his arm around me. Put his arm around me, and he said, "Kevin, you got to keep quiet." You know. And I at that time I was like, "This is like 2008." I said, "How loud am I being?" I mean, and it was just like, "No, you got to be careful because trust me, people talk." And sure enough, it, it happened. But he was probably the biggest one that came up to me and said something, you know, other than my wife saying, "Stop what you're doing." And and, and at any point where you're like, "Gotcha, Tom. Let me let me let me actually heed your well, advice." I, I didn't, or you just said, "Nah, I'm gonna do me." I didn't know I was at that time. I was like, "Well, what am I saying this?" I'm, I'm speaking the truth, but you can't speak the truth, you know. But what were you saying in '08? That was the truth. Like, obviously, saying- these days it's a little more. Contentious, well, COVID, this, lockdowns. Oh, yeah. What was the drama in, in 08? 
Honestly, I can't, I can't remember. But I know that, that I was out there being a conservative. I was out there being a Christian. And I, I wasn't like walking on the set, you know, trying to convert people or anything like that. But <laughs> when people would say something on the set, I would always confront them one to one. I go, "What do you mean about that? What do you? I don't understand what your your, your terms of abortion. What do you, what? Why are we even talking about this? Why did you bring that up? And it was just it was just weird to me that. All of a sudden, that started getting out there more and more and more, I guess, from me being just more vocal about it. And Tom noticed it and said something to me. And, and Tom, is Tom's career still uh, um, going? Is he still doing shows? He's on or? Blue Bloods. It's been on for like 10 years. Yeah. So, and Tom, yeah, uh, he's, Tom he's, well, whose show was Tom on when him and her went at it? Uh, was it Rosie? Or, uh, Rosie? No, it was... Uh, Whoopi Goldberg? No, not Whoopi Goldberg. No, it was Ted another Dance. one who she had a show and then she got kicked off. It was. It who was. Who was it? Um, it is a Rosie. That Rosie the, O'Donnell. Rosie, no, Rosie. Not Rosie O'Donnell. No, Rosie. The other one. Yes. Where her daughter just turned the one on that, her. The one that Trump always has. A yeah, 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 yeah. He's, uh, oh, man. Who Rosie is, Perez? Not Rosie Perez. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. We R- know who she is. Ricky Lake? Oh, man. No. Uh, Ricky, I did a Ricky Lake show. I, did, I was on Rosie's show. What girl. I was on Rosie's show. I was remember being on that show. Anyways, there was a, uh, uh, I'll think of it. I'll think of it here. I'll bring it up. By the way. Uh, uh, it's interesting, again, hearing these things because Tom Selleck, who is also been vocal, maybe not at the levels like yourself and yeah. James Woods because you guys are like on steroids. You guys you, you guys haven't slowed down at all. Both of you no. guys are very vocal. So when I said the story about uh, Disney, yes, Guy, Kevin, sends me this picture. He says, we just got off a Disney cruise, and he says, on the cruise, this is one of the uh, guys that was telling the story to the kids. I said, okay, what's wrong with the picture? He's telling a nice story. He says, look at what he's wearing, shoes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's he wearing? Mark can you, Jacobs. Can you zoom in? <laughs> he's wearing can high you heels. zoom in? He's wearing high heels talking to, to kids. Yeah. Okay. So, look, I, this is going to confuse parents where parents are going to say, I'm sorry, Disney. I'm just not taking my kids to the cruise. Period. There's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of parents that don't want to answer unnecessary questions yet to an eight-year-old kid. It's too early to have those types of conversations when you get things like this. Mm-hmm. This is not controversial. This is the average parent doesn't want to talk about, you know, mm-hmm. th- a lot of different topics that they don't want to talk to them about. This being one of them. So if Disney thinks this is okay to say, what's wrong with that? Let them do that kind of things. You again, Disney, don't understand who your customer is. And two, you have lost control of your company, your brand, what it stood for. You have fully lost control. Mm-hmm. And it's it's to the point where they are walking on eggshells, wondering what they need to do to turn the company around. One of the best things we witnessed during COVID, one of the best things we witnessed during COVID was a case study of Disney. One was Disneyland. The other one was Disney World. Right. California versus yeah. Florida. That was great. One was Disneyland. Hey, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to sh- do that and we're going to shut. And Disney World's like, nah, California. Hey, California goes, remember. Bob Iger was sitting on the board with uh, Gavin Newsom yep. to help going through this process. And then California shuts down the park. And then Bob Iger resigns from Gavin Newsom's camp, says, listen, man, I don't want to help you out anymore because what you're doing, I'm against. Disney loses 78,000 jobs. DeSantis keeps Disney World open. Mm-hmm. The restaurants around all stay in business. They're not affected by it because people are going to Disney World and the businesses around yep. that were making money. When people were staying at Disney World, staying intact. Then they interviewed the businesses around Disneyland that no longer got the traffic. They got destroyed. Disney has screwed it up so bad the last 24, 36 months. If they don't get their act together, hell, of course someone's going to buy them out uh, uh, at a, a pennies on a dollar. And some, uh, Scott Rodriguez, who's a Vitainer, he's a PPD podcaster a member, 
uh, he just gave a super chat, 50 bucks, and he said, I was just at Disney World November 11th till the 20th with the family. This was the sixth time going on in the last 10 years. PBD, we are a Disney family. I can tell you the magic is gone, and it's so sad. Apple buying Disney will ruin Disney. Apple is so woke. Anyway, so Apple's even woker than Disney. That's what he's, oh, yeah. he's saying. Apple is even well, woker Pat, than Can I ask you a question? Because yeah. you've got four kids, all basically 10 and under. Yep. Uh, Kevin, you've got? I got three. Okay, how old are they? 17, 18, and 21. Okay, so you've got teenagers and yeah. college age. Tom, you've got teenagers. Yep. You know, I've got a nephew who's 10, right? And, and mm-hmm. all my buddies all have kids. They're all between 5 and 12 years old. I don't have kids. Um, but is it is that the common denominator? It's just like, listen, I don't think anybody cares what you do in your private life. You want to be gay? You want to be trans? Sure. Like, l- go for it. Yeah. I mean, I'm from Florida. My sister went to UCF. She worked at Disney. All her friends were gay. They're all the musical theater kids that go to... Sure. I work a lot. Of gay, I work a lot of gay actors. Literally, yeah. nobody has a problem with that. No. But I mean, I'm speaking as as not a parent. I'm more asking you guys: sure. Is that where you draw the line? Obviously, it's like, look, do what you guys want to do. We really don't care. But when you start trying to indoctrinate six year olds, ten year olds, twelve year olds, that's where we have a problem. I, I, I say, let people grow up and find out where they want to be in their life when they grow up. Why this forcing on them when they're five, six years old? What DeSantis did was saying this is ridiculous to do these to kids. But don't young say age. gay. Let love. them figure out for third themselves. grade and under. I yeah. went through high school and there when when I went to class reunions five and ten years later, and then like five or six of the guys that I had no idea were gay were gay now, and I said, did you have to hide this during high school? Did you know back then? And a couple of them said, yeah, but I didn't know that. Yeah. It was, I, I couldn't have cared less if they were or not, but it was interesting that they had to hide it. And I think that's their biggest battle is we need to be, not be afraid to come out. Well, fine, to come out. In today's world, I don't think anybody's afraid anymore, especially in America. You know, just go, go for it, which is fine. But the, I think people are tired of being forced on their throats constantly. It's constant going on. It's like every commercial, every – it's like, fine, congratulations, you know. I mean, it's, it's just – it's gotten to a point now that people just are just fed up with it, and I think people are getting more vocal about it now. Listen, let me let me tell you what what is going on right now, which is I think it's going to take two years to come out of this and it's not going to be easy. I think it's going to be very ugly. You know how I said I think Twitter is going to be a trillion dollar company. Yeah, I, I still firmly believe Twitter is going to be a trillion dollar company. I'm betting that it's going to be a trillion dollar company. Elon Musk thinks within a year he can have a billion active users on Twitter. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I used to Twitter was at the bottom of my apps being used. I'd never used Twitter. I was very inactive on Twitter. I would do something here and there, but it wasn't something that was like, let me get active on Twitter. Twitter's a more funner product the last four weeks since he's bought it, way before. I'm more active on Twitter than I've ever been because of what's happened with them. Now watch this. Now watch who's lost their minds and what they're doing and how hypocrisy gets exposed. Can you pull up uh, Alyssa Milano's tweet and then what the Hodge twins said to him, to her. I don't know if it's a him or a her. I think Alyssa Milano's a her. Um, Definitely her. I don't want to offend her. Uh, uh, Alyssa Milano says, I gave my Tesla back. I gave back my Tesla. I bought a VW EV. I love it. I'm not sure how advertisers can buy space on Twitter. Publicly traded companies' products being pushed in alignment with hate and white supremacy doesn't seem to be a winning business model. Hodge Twins. Volkswagen was literally founded by Nazis and Hitler. (laughs) And like it's 173. She didn't do her homework on that. And then Elon Musk laughs, and you see what happens there. This is the best part when people open their mouth. All of a sudden, um, you're able to filter out through people's bullshits, and this is why Twitter is winning. 
today, and Alyssa Milano is trying to find the smallest hole in the world to go hide in so people can't find her. There isn't anything more embarrassing than this. If we had a Dummy of the Week segment, this is be this could be the Dummy of the Year segment, although there's a lot of other people that are competing with her. She, what do you think about this? She's Les? posted a lot of Dummy of the Year yeah. events. So there's especially. a World Cup you know, Dummy of the Year the whole, going on right now. <laughs> You know, with the whole mask wearing thing, too. I mean, I've talked to plenty of doctors behind closed walls, you know, closed doors, and they sit there and go, the masks are useless. We all knew that was. I mean, it was just crazy. You know, walk into a restaurant, wear it, sit down, you can take your mask off, really? So I guess in the booth, I'm safe from getting COVID. I mean, the whole hypocrisy. And she showed one that she, I guess she crocheted her own mask yeah, or something. Yeah. It's just... Uh, but you know it's 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 what that's it's out there now and people do this kind of stuff i'm on twitter please follow me on twitter i do very funny twitter sarcastic twitters and uh so at k sorbs because my buddies call me sorbs at k sorbs check it out i posted stuff like you know you want to get rid of covid tell the clintons covid's got something on them that was one of my put out there <laughs> i said fetterman fetterman and um Biden for 2024, it's a no-brainer. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I put out there. So to me, I just have fun with it. And you got your trolls out there attacking every time, but I don't care. I, I feel sorry for you trolls. I really do. I hope you get your lives together and actually find purpose in your life. But, but again, this is the great thing about capitalism, okay? Yeah. Somebody like a Musk comes and buys Twitter. Yep. People lose their minds. But here's where I believe the connection is with Disney, with Apple, with Twitter. And this is deeply concerning. And let me kind of give you an idea what... My uh, worry is here. So, Elon. Uh, so, first of all, NPR. Let me read the article with the fifty advertisers. If you want to pull that up, the article about fifty advertisers. Uh, you put on a different section. Let me see where that is. Page ten. Okay. If we go to page ten, here's a story about what's happened with Twitter. Okay. If you want to pull it up so the audience can see this, fifty of Twitter's top one hundred advertisers have pulled out from the platform since Elon Musk took over. Reports say this is an insider story. Uh, in the 25 days since Elon Musk took over Twitter, half of its top 100 advertisers stopped advertising on the platform, according to Research Center Media Matters. Again, Media Matters. Since 2020, those 50 companies have accounted for nearly $2 billion in advertising revenue. This year alone, they spent $750 million, those 50 companies. That's a big number, by the way. The, uh, some of those companies, like Chevrolet, Ford, Chipotle, have publicly announced that they were stopping advertising on Twitter. Media Matters says the others quiet quitters because its analysis of uh, pathematics data shows that they have stopped advertising for a significant period of time. Coca-Cola, Kellogg's, Meta, and amongst are amongst those who have pulled their advertising budgets away from Twitter. According to Media Matters, the list of all 50 is available in Media Matters report. The Media Center cites direct outreach, controversies, and warnings from media buyers as causes behind those companies' decisions. So now, $750 million, going to $2 billion revenue this year alone, $750 million. Let's do the math. $750 million divided by 12 is what? About $62 million. $62 million divided mm -hmm. by $8 uh, is what? 62 divided by 8. So 62 divided by 8 is 9 million, 7 million divided by 8. You need 7.75 million people per month to pay $8 a month to match that $750. That's not a big number. Here's what's scary. Listen, all the advertisers. Mm -hmm. If this guy pulls off 20 million people paying 8 bucks a month, if 20 million pay 8 bucks a month, he can give the middle finger to the advertisers. Sure. It's game over from there because he no longer needs their money. Now, yeah. why is this so important? Here's why this is so important. 
He tweets something to Apple. Can you pull the tweet up about Apple? I want to get your thoughts on this one here. Uh, uh, not this one. There's about another, the 30% app store? No, no. He calls that Tim Cook. If you just go to, uh, uh, go to his account, it should come up. Uh, uh, if you go to his account, go up a little bit, and he says, uh, um, I hope you have it. Uh, go a little bit more, a little bit more. I hope it allows you to do it. Oh, man, there's a part about him calling out. Uh, there it is right there, right there, right there. Go up, go up, one more. So click on that. Okay, click on that right there that says, what's going on here, Tim Cook? Okay, what's going on here, Tim Cook? No response. Go a little lower, go a little lower. I think he responds. Okay, there it is. Apple has mostly stopped advertising on Twitter. Do they hate free speech in America? Mm. Tim Cook doesn't respond. No one's saying anything. So then the threat comes out that they're thinking about potentially dropping the Apple app, I'm sorry, the Twitter app off of Apple. So wait a minute, you're going to potentially drop Apple, uh, Twitter app off Apple? Yes. If that happens, Tom, what happens? Think about it. If, if Apple drops it off, guess who has to drop them off afterwards? Droid, because mm-hmm. they have to match the two. What happens if they drop Twitter off the app? Well, what most people don't know is there are 51 Android-based handset manufacturers in the world. Do you think one of them would like to make 20 million handsets a year for Elon Musk? I think so. Also, if you look inside cars, your telematics inside your car, that's an Android device. Android is ubiquitous. And it would be not difficult for Musk to get a phone. Look, look at the technology he puts into Tesla. Look what he's got in that dashboard. This, this would not be a difficult thing to get an Android manufacturer, make an Android-based phone, and put it on there himself. And I think people know it. I think Apple knows it. And I think Google knows it. And so the question is, I believe from a capitalist standpoint, one of those and probably Big G, or Alphabet, is waiting for this to blow over because there's a lot of money to be made, a lot of money to be made on Twitter. I think he get, he would have another phone, not by Tuesday, but he would have another phone, and that is not what Apple would want in America. But, Tom, to get another phone, how long does it take to get another phone? you got 51 out there that are making phones right now, that are making phones for all these how, how many- I think with the technology has... At his disposal, I don't think it would take that long. It would not take a, it would not take a year to get it out. It so probably this, wouldn't take it six This months. is what's been going viral right now. If you can show this on the screen, this is what everybody's been talking about. I think a Tesla phone would do well. I don't know about a Twitter phone. I think a Tesla phone, like a Tesla phone. designed by the engineers, I yeah. think people would buy a Tesla mm-hmm. phone. Mm-hmm. And it would be, be kind of sexy. Hey, what do you have you out know, of Tesla Well, phone? Tesla already has the app. You can start your phone. You can program your car. You can do everything on that. So there's a lot going on. I this is the same thing that happened like four years ago or whatever three four years ago in Georgia. If you remember, there was an abortion thing they were coming up the the heartbeat bill. Yeah, it was. yeah. Hollywood all up in arms because they love murdering children. So they love child sacrifice. But we can talk about that later. Um, so oh, we're gonna pull out. We're not gonna film in Georgia anymore. So what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened because Georgia has the number one industry right now for filming movies and TV. They are completely sold out. I know Dan Cathy, Chick Fil A CEO. His studios are totally booked for the next two years. 100% booked. All these big $300 million movies go out there. 
they can scream communism, socialism all they want. They, like you said, they're still a capitalist business. They want to make money. Yep. They're going to go 30, 35% back from, from filming in Georgia. I got a $300 million action movie. I'm going to get $100 million back. Of course they're going to stay in Georgia. It's insane. They, these, these are just idle threats. Trust me, all this stuff will pass over. They're not going to do anything because they, they know down the long run they're going to, they're going to lose so out. You, so to wait a minute. Point. So let me get this straight. So let me get this straight. So let, let, I'm going to play the devil's advocate, and I'm going to play only the paranoid survive. You're saying there's no way Apple drops the Twitter app. No way Apple drops the Twitter app off their iOS. You don't think they will, Tom? I, both I, of you guys. I, I don't think they will. I think it's I think it's a risky bet, baby. Yeah. I think it's a very risky bet. I think cooler cooler heads will prevail. They're going to talk about this and Correct. go, look, this is the long. Look what you just pointed out just now. They're going to look at everything down the road and say, well, you know, that doesn't really add up for us to leave because someone else is going to jump in and take this business away from us. So I think if Tim Cook's put in a corner, does he like pull it and put him on probation and then say we have an agreement for this and then put it back? You know. I could see a head fake, Pat. I don't see Tim pulling it down permanently. So, so I'm, I'm going to give you why he would, and then I'm going to give you why he won't. And then let's have this nice About little Tim debate. Cook? Yeah. So I have a question for you on Elon. I can ask you before. Let me just go through okay, this, go and ahead. then you can ask a question about Elon. So here's why I believe he could, and this is the one thing nobody is paying attention to. Apple faces shortfall of 6 million iPhones, okay? The new ones that came out, the pros. Because protests against COVID-19 restrictions are impacting production, reports say. So if you read this story on page six, and it talks about uh, the six million shortfall, the tech giant has a factory in Zhengzhou City, located in the central Chinese province of Henan, where a recent COVID-19 breakout occurred. Foxconn, the company that makes iPhones for Apple, runs the factory. A person familiar with the operations inside Zhengzhou factory who requested to remain anonymous told Bloomberg, the estimate, estimated shortfall in production could change. They added uh, that it depends on how fast Fastcon can uh, coax, uh, uh, coax uh, workers back into the plant, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so if, if there is one word, we did a case study on my TikTok account. Very interesting. And we made this video yesterday. I'm going to show you numbers, and I want you to tell me if this makes any sense. You ready? I'm going to show you a case study. Okay, this video is going out in a week or two. I didn't want to start a TikTok because I knew what was going on with TikTok, and anything tied with China, I was not comfortable with. And people said, no, listen, ByteDance got to be careful. I said, let me do a case study on TikTok mm -hmm. and see if this thing works. So we start uploading videos. All of a sudden, a couple videos get 5 million views, 3 million views, 2 million views. I'm like, okay, cool. Motivation does fine. All this stuff does fine. A couple things are doing fine. Then data. This is pure data for you to do case study. We looked at what's happened with my TikTok account the last two months versus prior to the two months. So we took two timelines. One was from June 7th of this year to August 5th. So try to track these numbers here. I know we don't have it there to see it. It's June 7th to August 5th. Tom, if you're tracking this. Mm -hmm. Two months. Yes, to yep. August 5th. And then we did August 5th to November 23rd. Okay, if you're tracking. August 5th to November 23rd, which means... August 5th to November 23rd, a couple days ago. And then prior to that, we went June 7th to August 5th. Mm -hmm. June 7th to August 5th, I uploaded 264 clips on TikTok. Of the 264 clips uploaded on TikTok, we broke it down in four categories. How many of them got 0 to 20,000 views? How many got 20 to 100,000 views? How many got 100,000 to a million? And how many got over a million? Here's the numbers. 0 to 20,000, 99 videos uploaded on TikTok. 20 to 100,000, 
111 videos. 100 to a million, 45, and 9 got over a million. And my TikTok account was small, 50,000 followers, 80,000 followers during this period. Then my TikTok account hits 260,000 followers, and here's what's happened in the last two months. This is 722 videos last two months huh. versus 264. Let's look at the data. Out of 722,022 videos, how many, Tom, you think got over 20,000 views? Well, if it was going to be the same, you should have had about 400 of them. Out of 720 clips, only two got over 20,000 views. 720 got zero to 20,000 views. Only one over 100,000. Did, did you understand the number I just gave you? Yes, completely. 722, only two went over 20,000 views. We're looking at this case study. Raul from India is giving me a message saying, what the heck is going on here? Then we found the bogey on when everything changed. On August 5th, I uploaded a video criticizing China on TikTok. Oh, that's right. You did the rap thing, ZZ, not the guy for I, me. I <laughs> uploaded the clip on China on TikTok yep. like this. Everything just went boom. boom. What was all the clip the way down. in China, by the you way? You can look at it August 5th is what the data is. But here's the point. The point is, by the way, They're the watching. same clips. They're watching. Yeah. The same clips we measured on Instagram got 9.5 million views, got 9,500 views on TikTok. Yep. 6.8 million views, 3.8 million views, 2.9 million views, 2,000 views, 5,000 views, 3,000 views on TikTok. Comparison Instagram to TikTok. So as much as Instagram is woke, TikTok is at a whole different level. The reason why I think... Twitter could potentially do this. I mean, Apple could take Twitter down is the following reason. What is one of the scariest things that happened after 9-11? What did uh, George Bush and his uh, administration Department come of out? Homeland Surgery. Uh, uh, Not surgery. surgery. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it might have been surgery. Outside of TSA, <laughs> they came out with one other thing. What did they come up with outside of TSA? They came out with something called the Patriot, Patriot Act. Act. Yeah, okay. Patriot Act. What did Patriot Act really say to us? What can they do? That they could look at all your stuff. They can do what? They can look at what? They, your do phones, they, your computers. Do they need my permission to investigate? And to, no. They can do anything, Correct. right? They don't, have your, they don't need your permission. Specifically, it was two things, to go into your cell phone records and also to subpoena email suppliers. So now, anything that you've, whoever you've dialed and talked to right. or yep. whoever you've emailed, they can get the list. Let me tell you, if Patriot Act was for America, what TikTok in China is doing is for the world. Huh. And if TikTok in China has the kind of data where they can track what's on your phone. You're giving them permission. Rogan read this on his podcast, and people were blown away. That thing got a few billion views. Everybody's sitting there. Oh, that's right. He they, read the privacy report. He read the oh. privacy report saying they can look at your finger, what movements you make on your phone. TikTok has the right to measure that on your phone, on other apps you're logging on to. It's TikTok is Patriot Act on steroids. And if Apple drops Twitter off their app, it has to do with TikTok. It has to do with China. That's how all of these things get tied up. On the flip side of it, I'm a Tim Cook fan, okay? Uh, I don't know if a lot of people know or not. Tim Cook is a, uh, uh, he wouldn't say this publicly, but if you've read about him and if you read books on him, I've read a lot of different material and books on this guy. He's a gay Republican, okay? He's not a Democrat. He is a Republican. He grew up in a very uh, uh, conservative family. He ended up becoming gay himself, but he is somebody that fiscally, Obama didn't like some of the stuff that he did. When they went to him, tell us what happened with the phone in San Bernardino. He says, I'm not going to be doing it. They didn't like the fact that yeah, he well, didn't get all the information. Let the FBI have the information. So, so now we're going to find out if Tim Cook's backbone, if he's going to stand up to China bullying him because he's gradually moving production away from China to India and other places. We're going to learn a lot about Tim Cook 
over the next three to six months. I don't think it's going to be 12 to 24 months. I think it's going to be three to six months. If they move Twitter off the app, China and TikTok are more powerful than people think. If he doesn't, Tim Cook is a G, and we're going to find that out in the next three to six months. That's my opinion. I may be wrong. Hmm. Thoughts? I'm, you know, I, I'm with you at a certain level, and I step back and I just look at how quickly, because you have to remember what this does. This, if Tesla made a phone, if you know, Musk makes a phone under any other name or calls it the Twitter phone, it doesn't matter. It becomes the destination for all things canceled. And that is 25% of the hard citizenry of the United States and up to 40% of those that identify firm conservative. And so be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for. They could, he could be creating, do you understand what I'm saying? Just this, this ability to suck the air out of the room. Oh, we've been canceled and this has been canceled. Well, then all those social media things that were trying to be built, Remember, they got they got themselves canceled on the, off of, uh, what was it, Parler, and they got Amazon to turn off their servers. There's a lot of things. I think that this opens the floodgates for like a third force, and I don't think anybody wants that to happen, not on, not on the left. Well, they just want it to be shut up. They don't want it, it to be the enabler of uh, a, third, a third alternative. Everybody forgets that Elon Musk wants to turn Twitter into WeChat. And WeChat is the Chinese app where you can order a car, pay money, social media, order your food, do your drive. Like, it's everything. Yeah, these are known as super apps exactly. in Exactly. That's what he wants Banking to turn. as well. Yes, that's what he wants to turn Twitter into, right? He, he will eventually supply the everything app on his own Tesla phone. Did He's we see the tweet yesterday where he presented Apple. his six business plan slides? Anybody see that? Yeah, I, he tweeted. Did about you it. see that? Of course I did. Of course I did. Guess what? Pull it up. Pull that, it up and show. That didn't take long. By the way, check this out. Pull it up and this show. This is it. three weeks, and he had a more aggressive strategy than anybody else on the market. Zoom, zoom out a little bit. So, if you look at this data, we're recruiting new signer signups are uh, at an all-time high. User active minutes also at an all-time high. There's one one the data that you really have to see. Keep going. Uh, uh, passers daily quarter, active so users hate speech impressions. Uh, are lower. By the way, you see those two spikes? You see those two spikes? Can you zoom in a little bit on those two spikes? You see those two spikes since he bought the company, how it went up to hate speech impressions, 10 million, and everybody started saying, I'm noticing the N-word and this, this, that. Mm -hmm. Very high on Twitter. Guess what? Do you know what it was? It was 1,500 fake bots doing all those things. Hmm. And then look how it dropped immediately down because people said, because he said eight bucks a month, those fake bots gradually disappear. So 1,500 accounts did those 10 million dirty tweets to get him to be looked at as this is a guy that's using all these N-words. LeBron James, I'm concerned with what's going on with Twitter and all this. Oh, okay. Yeah, th th these are things that people fall for. And look at how hate speech is right now. At the lowest it's been since before he bought it. Obviously, during the period since he bought it, it's dropped back down. So a lot of the noise, maybe Kevin, uh, mm. on what you're saying with all this hate that started and now what happened four years ago with Atlanta, Georgia, and all these movies yeah, with the folks at uh, Chick-fil-A. We're going to see what's going to happen, whether the dust settles or whether Tim Cook and Apple's going to go after and targeting these guys because of China. No one knows. The reason why there may be a possibility of that happening, this is a story from Fox Business. Apple restricts airdrop file sharing in China that protests have been used. You know what the timeline is? Under the latest software update, iOS 16.1.1, iPhone owners in China can only use airdrop to receive files, images, and videos from non other non-contacts for 10 minutes according to 
9-to-5 Mac. Protests wow. intensified in China after fire at residential building in the western city of Yurumki left 10 people dead uh, uh, After they welded the door once, shut. Yeah. Once that 10-minute window lapses, airdrop shifts back to contacts only automatically. Is that 10 minutes period or 10 yeah. minutes at a time? Look at the power. 10 minutes at a time. Meaning you have a break. It's like 10 minutes. You can't do another one. Huh. So if I'm sitting there like airdropping, yeah. just look what happened. Look what happened. Look what happened. Look what happened. No, no, no. Every 10 minutes. Every 10 minutes prevents things from going viral and other people seeing it. I mean, so ch- listen, China's showing the game to its people in China and Photoshopping and, and, and editing sites that's showing people not wearing masks yeah. at the freaking World at Cup. World Cup, So yeah. people have to really realize what's going on with this country. They don't believe in what you and I believe in. And when I say you and I, I don't mean you and I politically. 95% of people, the way you live your life, China's government doesn't believe you ought to live your life the way you're living your life. You don't share common values and principles. Mm-hmm. They don't think highly of us. They don't think we're the freedom and all that stuff that we stand for and we fight for. They don't. They don't stand for that stuff. Well, the government of China certainly believes in capitalism, but they rule their people under the you know the banner of communism. But they they they, they love making money and gaining power over the financial gains they've gained not only from America but from all over the world. So, uh, you know, you talk about the shadow banning you got on TikTok. I mean, I got it on Facebook before they took me down. And that's what they do. I mean, they, I was, all of a sudden, I was getting a million views, and it was down to 500. Then it was down to 100,000. It was down to 50. I mean, it was just like you could see it happening right before my eyes. And I'm going, wow, so much, so much for freedom of speech. And I think we never had total freedom of speech in this country anyway. It's just gotten worse. Well, yeah, I, I don't know if it happened to us on any other. I think I've not, I've, I myself can't say any of that has happened on any other apps personally except for TikTok. I, I see everything else was about competing. In, and I know what's happened to other people. And I know a lot of people like yourself, that stuff was taken down. Mm-hmm. Viewership went down, et cetera, et cetera. But I haven't seen it happen with us. Even YouTube. Some people are like, well, Pat, let me tell you, your shadow ban on Twitter, on YouTube. I don't agree. I don't think it is. I think we have to fight in the marketplace to get the message out there. I'm very confident competing with other people on YouTube. Totally get it. Our content's got to get better. We got to get better. But with TikTok comparing to other apps, it's very obvious that there's one word you can't use with TikTok, and you cannot criticize China on TikTok. Mm. You just can't. Go you ahead. know how they say uh, the pen is mightier than the sword, right? Well, these days, social media is the ultimate pen, right? I mean, that's where you can express anything you want to say, thoughts, emojis, memes, videos, you know, all that. I had a, a, a very enlightening experience at this Freedom Forum. Gary Kasparov, greatest chess player ever, spoke at the vault. A year ago, he invited me down to the Freedom Forum. And at the Freedom Forum, it's all just massive freedom advocates, right? From all over the world. You know, China, uh, Chinese Uyghurs and, uh, you know, Iranian, uh, the lady, forgive me her name with the hair, the one who's uh, everywhere these days. Just just complete advocates of freedom. And uh, the, the most poignant example was um, they set up a like a booth, like a, like a massive booth, probably the size of this room. And they called it the Firewall Cafe. And basically, um, it sort of exposed what the Chinese narrative, like if you type something, like let's do an example right now. In Google, if you type in uh, Xi, President Xi, and Winnie the Pooh, right? Because people say he kind of looks like that, whatever. (laughs) This will pop up, right? I don't know if you can can, uh, see that. Just stupid images, right? Like if you even put in Trump... You know, images will pop up. But in this Chinese firewall, the firewall cafe, 
if you put that in into the internet in China, no images of Winnie the Pooh will show up whatsoever. So it, the way that they just basically segregate any type of content that would be alarming or, or of anything of disinformation or anything against the narrative, they show it side by side at this firewall cafe. And for the first time, I'm like, oh, wow, this is what America is. As much as there's shadow banning and all that, in China, it's completely blocked. And we're seeing what's happening now with these riots and protests. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know where that's going to go. They did, nothing. The, they did it in the Top Gun movie, right? They made it. They, Tom Cruise had a jacket on. They had the Taiwan flag or something. There was, Correct. There was a yep, flag yep, yep. that they disagreed with. They had to go through every single frame and remove it before they would let the movie out because they're bowing down what China's telling them to do because China owns, I think, basically half the movie theaters in America too, but that's a big market for American movies. So you see the, the Chinese protests right now, they're, they're just holding up a, a white piece of paper, right? Like you've seen yeah. this, it's just a blank so they can't, sheet of yeah. paper, right? What, what is the significance of that? Do you know what that is exactly? Well, they can't write anything that's against the government, so they just hold it up as a sign of saying, we are against the government. Uh, yeah. Very interesting. So, so what you're talking about is clashes in Shanghai as COVID protests flare across China. Hundreds of demonstrators and police clashes in Shanghai on Sunday night as protests over China's stringent uh, COVID restrictions flared for a third day and spread to several cities in the wake of deadly apartment fire in the country's far, uh, far west. The wave of civil disobedience is unprecedented in mainly China. By the way, did you see what happened yesterday? A reporter asks uh, uh, Steve Kerr. Hey, uh, so coach, what do you think about what's going on in China right now with people protesting and asking for freedom? He says, oh, I don't know. I don't see you asking me questions about America where somebody comes and holds us down with an AK with a semi-automatic weapon. How come you don't ask me those questions? I don't see you doing this and I don't see you doing that. And I'm sitting there saying, man. Because the NBA is paying a salary. China is paying a salary. There's no so. question about it. So you're, th That's the stuff that they yeah. do, which, by the way, that kind of stuff will go viral on TikTok. Because they love when Americans criticize mm -hmm. Americans. Sure, of course. They love. If you want to blow up on TikTok, let me give you a game plan. Go on TikTok as an American and trash Americans. Trash marriage. Trash, uh, uh, you know, a strong Traditional father. values. Trash traditional values. Trash any of that stuff and watch how all of a sudden you blow up on TikTok. Because TikTok's algorithms will favor you trashing any of the Western philosophies. They love mm -hmm. that. That stuff is TikTok's bread and butter if you do that. Well, it's pretty crazy what's happening all at the same time, right? Obviously, we, we remember what happened in 2020 and the protests and the riots and mm -hmm. everything, and it was you know, media coverage galore. But look what's happening all over the world right now. If you look at China mm -hmm. and these protests, if you look at Iran and these protests, if you look at Russia and these protests over the war in Ukraine, I mean, these people are what true definition of courage really looks like. Because they know that they go and they speak against mm -hmm. the government, they may never be seen again, yeah. period. Yeah. Okay? And that's the difference between these types yeah, of countries and these authoritarian regimes and America. Mm -hmm. You know, our friend Vinny did a, a, a bit basically saying, you could do literally anything in America— you could talk shit against America. You could do all sorts of crazy nonsense. You could do this and that and that and be a feminist and whatever. Nothing's going to really happen to you. But you see what's happening like mm. with the women in Iran basically yeah. trying to just fight for the fact that they don't want to wear the hijab. Yeah. And what's the number? 15,000 people are apparently going to be executed. Executed 
Okay, Russia. They did an expose where you know they covered the face of these uh, of a group of people, and they were basically talking about, "Do you think that people are going to really try to speak up against Putin? Raise your hand if you think that 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 anything will actually happen." Nobody raised their hand. No. In China, you know, everyone's wearing masks. I don't think necessarily because of the COVID thing, because they want to hide their face, right, for the whole social credit score. But the scariest thing ever in these countries is when a van pulls up. And you're you're the guy, you know, protesting, and all of a sudden, five ten cops just throw you in the van, and that's it. Yeah. Where, where are you going at that point? Yeah. Gone forever. And, and I and I think all of that you're saying is more of a reason why uh, what's happening with Twitter with Elon Musk is necessary. Very much so. I think the next move is he's doing. What many conser- and he's not even. I wouldn't even put him as a conservative. I don't think he's a conservative. Elon Musk. I don't think Elon Musk. No, is a he's not a conservative. I put Elon Musk as a libertarian, fiscally conservative guy. Is what I put him as. Sure. I, he's not a Christian. He's not a. I don't see him as a guy that's gonna, you know, sitting out there saying you need to go to church and pray. I don't see that as Musk. I, I don't see any of that stuff. I think he's a very, very one of those minds that's just thinking things in a different Free-thinker. way. Yeah. But 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 at the same time, but at the same time, he's doing what Republicans and conservatives didn't do the last 30 years. Republicans and uh, conservatives lost a war for universities, for every one conservative pro- uh, professor, mm-hmm. 13 liberals. You lost a war of media, you lost a war of newspapers, you lost a war of what else you want? You lost a war of movies, you lost a war of Hollywood. You lost the war of persuasion. You lost the war of virtual governments. You've lost the war. And the first victory they've had in many years is a guy who's not even a conservative, buys Twitter, says, I think speech should be free. That's it. And here's what I want to do. So there should be more examples of that. Somebody needs to buy the next Hulu, the next any of those things, and start competing in the Hollywood space. Now, obviously... You have guys on the uh, 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 on the cons- uh, conservative side, like the folks at uh, uh, Chick Fil A that are investing into it, and they build a massive. I think the the campus they built is uh, the studio they built is massive. I've seen videos of it. I've seen pictures of it. Oh yeah, what they have. Oh yeah, I mean they they're and like like I told you, they're booked, completely booked for the next couple of years and filming movies. Completely booked. Chick Fil A campus. Yeah. Wow. Y- yeah, y- that's one of the crusade of what they have. Wow. To, um, to compete in the Hollywood uh, marketplace. Th- yeah. This was my question for you for Elon. Back to, to Twitter. Number one, I, I don't think, this is my opinion, I, Twitter as it currently exists, just being sort of the platform where you can just, you know, what is it, 120 characters, whatever it is, as is, uh, is a is the type of business model or type of app that's going to blow up. Meaning, I, I totally agree with what Tyler's basically saying, that if he turns it into a, a WeChat type of thing where it's this all all in one encompassing type of app where you can bank and get an Uber and all that kind of stuff. I think that's the future of Twitter. I don't think how is it uh, sustainable as is right now. But that's one point. Here's my question to you, Pat. How many companies is Elon Musk running at this point, right? Between obviously tw- Twitter, Tesla, SpaceX, Neuralink, Starlink, the boring company, the tunnel company that he does. Um, open AI. I'm just these are the things that are coming to mind. Sure. How does he? What kind Neuralink. of bandwidth? Neuralink. What kind of bandwidth do you need to have? I mean, you're a guy who's running multiple companies. I see how much how you're divvying up your schedule. Like I have a hard time just balancing two companies plus a personal life. How does someone like Elon Musk balance all of this? 
I think a, a long time ago, he chose career over like priority mm-hmm. in life. To him, he feels his cause is more worthy of him going up against these types of enemies versus, I don't know if father is number one on his list. I don't know if husband is number one on his list. I don't know if those things are number one on his list. I think he sees himself as a warrior, crusader, genius. He's building mm-hmm. what he's building. He does believe in cr- procreation because he's got a lot of kids. He's got like 10 kids or something. So so his right. his kids are his businesses. So if you treated your businesses as your kids, because kids are very taxing. They're very demanding. So if you have four kids and you got four businesses, it is very hard to raise four kids. It is very hard to raise four businesses. You have to kind of pick and choose which one you're going to be doing. When he says he's at the office seven days a week, 18 hours a day, 24 hours a day, he's sleeping there. What he's saying is I'm also not spending time with the kids. I'm spending time with my kids. That's Twitter. That's this, that's that. So you can do that if you choose to treat your companies like your kids. And that's what he's doing. But you're basically sacrificing a relationship with your kids. Everything in life you're going to have to, at one point, uh, uh, on a uh, when you're on a run of obsession, you're sacrificing. All these athletes we admire that you follow, Kobe Bryant sacrificed personal time with his family. 20 years of playing 82 games, 41 on the road, playoffs, Olympics. You think that's a peaceful life? Military generals, General Mattis, we admire 35-year service. You know, he's in, you know, war for, you think you're, you're, good father hey i haven't seen my kid nine years out of the last 18 years my kid was you know at the house i was at war i was on you think that's you put that as a great father what do you how do you describe that so the definition of all of these things it's very to him his mind is if these generals are at war doing what they're doing i'm simply doing my war in business competing against these guys and i see my kids where i take them place and we have a good time but I'm like the general that's at war. I don't see my kids for a year and a half, for a year. I see myself the same as that. I think that's his processing. And I don't think he sees anything wrong with that. And I think a lot of people that have competed at that level, at that crazy level, say, yeah, that's what you got to do. You know, when you run for office, like John F. Kennedy ran for office when he was how old? Early 40s? What do you think his life looked like? He was the youngest president. No, 43. How old was the guy when he became president? I don't know. 42, 43. 42, 43. Yeah. Youngest ever. I mean, the yeah. Obama and Clinton are right behind him, right? Right at 47 or 48, something like that. What do you think you're doing when you're campaigning for two years? You, you don't think your kid's in second grade? He has kids that are under his desk, the pictures. Those are not 20-year-old kids. These are, you know, what do you think it is when you're a Hollywood star, Denzel Washington, you're going out there doing movies for, this guy was in Sicily for, uh, uh, how long were you in Sicily shooting? Uh, uh, three weeks. Okay, that's yeah. three weeks away from 17, 19, and a 20-year-old. Yeah. That's, a, that's not, you know, so it, it, these, these types of performers at that level, there comes with a sacrifice. But the, the, the average person will look at that and say, oh, my gosh, that's terrible. But the peak, peak performers at the top will sit there and say, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of what you got to do. It's, by the way, neither side can sell it to the other side. Mm-hmm. It's purely a choice. Neither so, side can sell it to the other side. And That's a great I, point. I think on behalf of Americans and on behalf of humanity, I, I think we're all thankful that he is sacrificing his family life. But, you know, you do see these stories that one of his kids came out and disowned his father and he's not my father and he, he might be some sort of trans situation with one of the kids. I don't know what that story is, but you're familiar with the story, right? One of the Poor kids right, basically yeah. disavowed... So these are the types of sacrifices you're making that your kids won't even love you or they'll disavow you or disown you because you have such lofty goals. That, that There is, you know, 
risks well, and rewards to everything you're doing. Well, in my defense, we're homeschool advocates. So when I <laughs> use, when I go on the road, the kids always travel, certainly when they're younger. You know, when they're, my daughter's the only one left in school now at 17. My other 18-year-old just graduated and my 21-year-old's, you know, doing his own thing too. But with, growing up, they were always on the road with me. So that made a big difference. And that's what uh, wasn't the reason we did homeschooling. We did homeschooling because our public school system sucked and my wife wanted to do it. So... Uh, um, yeah, this, uh, that's her book right there, right there, your kids. But it's, um, she's a homeschool advocate, travels the country doing it. And I think for us, it worked out quite great. So I was with my kids quite a bit of the time. Kudos to you guys. Yeah, Kudos it, made a, to, it made a big and difference. And I'm assuming you guys are all close to each other, all the, oh, yeah. the whole family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it, much that so. takes a lot of work. By the way, when you say that about Elon's kids, yeah. uh, realize that uh, on the conservative side, the best president they'll look at the last hundred years is who? Who is the Reagan? Okay, so if you look at Reagan as the best president, his oldest biological son Ronald doesn't Reagan Jr., agree right? with anything he stood for. Yeah. Staunch atheist. Staunch atheist. Yeah. And the son that he bapt, uh, that he adopted, adopted. Michael Reagan, one hundred percent is loyal to Ronald Reagan as huh. his uh, 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 father. So you know, there's a risk with parenting. There's because yeah. all it takes is for one kid to say that one time you said this, and then for the rest of their lives they will go up against anything you say. They want to do the opposite. There's risk. It's a very, very tough job. Being a parent is very risky, very risky. Kevin, can I ask you a question regarding your book and, and homeschooling? So you know, no secret that public schools, especially I mean <laughs> in Miami here, like you know, especially high school. Not exactly um, the, the best play right there. But why do you choose homeschooling over private school? Like Pat has done a very, very hardcore vetting process. Mm -hmm. So have you, BizDoc, for the types of schools he wants his kids to go to. Right, sure. Pat? I mean, you, you, you've you gone through this process and you've chosen the best of the best private schools because A, you can afford it, but B, because they teach the values and principles that you want your kids learning, for sure. What made you go down the homeschool path rather than the private school path. Well, I, I grew up in Minnesota. I had friends that were doing it all right, buddies that they got kids. They got married in their 20s. I got married in my 30s, so it was a whole different road for me. But they were homeschooling their kids. And so there's a lot of questions I had about that as well. And I saw the way their kids turned out. Their kids are awesome. And they're great with adults. They're great with, you know, they don't have to go through the ridiculous bullying and the whole click thing and stuff like that. And they're awesome with everybody. And I see it with my kids as well. Um, my wife just said, my oldest at the time was in second grade, and we thought we were in a better school district because we were out of L.A. County. We're up in Ventura County in California. We're supposed to be you know, more conservative, more better. Same problems in those schools as well. My wife said, enough of this. She goes, I'm going to dive into this. And she talked to friends that I knew that were homeschooling, and she just went for it full on. And she is like a hardcore homeschool advocate, travels the country. This is one of her books right there on it. And um, she speaks across the country constantly on it. And actually, she's speaking at Mar-a-Lago this, this weekend uh, about homeschooling there. To is there, is there like a Obama putting an event over there or uh, at Mar-a-Lago? Uh, not Obama's, not, no. I thought maybe Obama's. He, he probably won't be there. But anyway. Just curious. Um, I, I'd love to tell you my meeting with him one time. Um, but, with Obama? Uh, oh, yeah. But um, it, was, it, was, it was just something that for us worked really well. And also for the travel that we did with it, it just, it just made more sense. And one thing, one blessing of COVID, you mentioned about one thing about COVID, um, people started waking up to see how horrible our school system is because it sucks. I don't know what we rank worldwide, 27th in the world. It's something pretty bad right now. And um, when, when uh, we, we dove into this, we were just happy to be part of it. But COVID, good 
Lord, two million more kids now are being homeschooled because people said enough of this, enough of using public schools as a babysitting service for our kids. Look what's going on in our schools. And, the, you know, the, the whole mask wearing and kids, too, that just cracked me up. And Fauci, did you see what he said? Somebody asked him about, do you know the origin of this now? Can we finally figure that out? And then they asked, oh, he wouldn't talk about that. Then they asked him about the mask wearing thing. And he said, I'm not here to c- cover such trivialities. I'm here to save people's lives. Okay. Yes, that's what you're here for. The greatest war criminal probably ever in the history of America. <laughs> but but then he came I don't, back that's and, another story. And he came yeah. back and he admitted that there is a deleterious effect on the nation's kids because of the lockdown in terms of, of the um, uh, educational development that happened there. And so he came out and said it, but then he said, but don't blame me for it. It's not my fault. It's like, come on, dude. <laughs> come on, dude. Yeah, y'all want amnesty. Uh, okay. I, I don't think history is going to favor uh, that guy uh, very well because no. it's just not going to happen with that guy. There's going to be eventually a movie we're going to watch, and you're going to sit there and say, wow, what a dirty guy. I think a lot of people are going to say that about him. They're trying to protect him because mm-hmm. he helped them get rid of somebody in office that none of them liked, and uh, the swamp didn't like. I had a couple guys here on the podcast last week on the JFK uh, uh, 59 year anniversary uh, of his uh, assassination. One of them was uh, James De Eugenio, and another one was another fellow that we had on. I have a hard time pronouncing his last name. Gregory something. No, what da- is last? David Montague. David Montague, and then we had one, two other people. One of them was uh, 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 Ernst, Ernst Titovitz, and uh, both of them were best Paul friends. Paul Gregory. Yeah. Paul Gregory. Both of them were best friends with the shooter, Oswald, yeah. one in Russia. And the other one in Fort Worth, and they were best friends. So it's very interesting. Kind of, Mm -hmm. I've always been fascinated about this JFK assassination. And then, obviously, he's a staunch Democrat supporter of John F. Kennedy. All this stuff. Who would, asked, who would be a Republican today? Listen yeah, to his who 19, would be a Republican? Listen to, yeah, his, yeah. Republican. Yeah, listen to his 1960 inauguration speech. So James Eugenio is sitting here, and I really enjoy talking to him because I've had Oliver Stone as well, and Oliver Stone also a big JFK. Neither one of them like Trump. I said, who killed uh, JFK? Is it fair to say that the swamp killed JFK? He said, uh, yeah. I said, uh, who uh, uh, do you think uh, killed uh, Trump in a different way? Uh, also the swamp. Uh, 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 stuck. They can't say anything. I said, so the two have a lot in common. No, no, no. There's not even close. There's this. I said, John F. Kennedy was part of the NRA. He was a proud NRA card member. This guy was a Second Amendment guy. This guy was lowering the taxes guy. This guy... What are you talking about with what this guy stood for? So I think, you know, where we're going today with all the, you know, things that we're facing and seeing what's going on, guys like this, history is not going to favor guys like this. He's going to be exposed. I can't wait to watch the movie. I'd be so curious to know who ends up playing him. Uh, an older version of him, I think Joe Pesci could pull it off, but I don't know. Maybe somebody else could play him to uh, see what this guy's story is all about. Everybody I've spoken to that's worked closely with him uh, back in the days in the 80s, uh, he was always a very ambitious guy, but I haven't heard a lot of good things about this guy. Are they they're going to do a movie? They will do a movie on him, won't they? You're right about Joe. Joe's been a friend for 35 years. He's a stud of a guy. And he's a conservative, and uh, he didn't want to go do The Irishman, but uh, he got talked into it and went there. And De Niro every day was bashing Trump, and they he just kind of went back and forth with them and saying, what is wrong with you? Why are you such a child about this? You know, so... Uh, it is interesting with Trump because I keep asking my liberal friends, what policies did you not like of his? They can't name policy. I just hate his ego. Oh, you, did you like the fact we're energy independent? Did you like the fact that black and, un, and Hispanic uh, unemployment lowest ever? 
we had a safe border. I mean, it's amazing to me how they just feed into this, you know, media frenzy just to mm-hmm. go after the guy because he wasn't a he wasn't a DC guy. He was a guy that went in there as a business guy and said the country needs to be fixed. And I agree with guys like that. We need more people to run this country that aren't politicians. Now, I mean, that's a, a great transition into what just happened this last week. Washington Examiner, page nine. I'll read the story with uh, 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 Musk coming out and saying how uh, Elon Musk says he will be back, uh, Trump rival, he will back Ron, De- Ron DeSantis in 2024. He signaled he would be in place uh, his support behind Ron DeSantis. Should he cho- choose to challenge President Donald Trump to be a Republican nominee for the White House? He made the comment in response to a question from a Twitter user asking if he would vote for DeSantis. The test on Twitter CEO reminded users that he was a significant supporter for the Obama administration. He said in the thread that he reluctantly voted for Joe Biden over Trump in 2020 and seemingly regrets it. My preference for 2024 presidency is someone sensible and centrist. I hope that would be the case for the Biden administration, but have been disappointed so far. Musk first suggested he was leaning towards supporting the Florida governor in June when he was asked by a Twitter user from whom he would like to support in 2024, uh, responded DeSantis. He prefers the comment by saying it. It would still be determined whether he would end up voting Republican or not. But this story happens, uh, and then you get this weekend, uh, somebody shows up at Mar-a-Lago unannounced. Uh, what's his name? Let me see what page the story is on. Kanye West. What page Nick is the story Fuentes. on? Nick Fuentes. Yeah. Those guys show up. Right at the uh, bottom of the same page. You were just reading page nine. Is it bottom of page nine? Yeah, this is a effing nightmare. Donald Trump's team scrambling after former president's controversial dinner with uh, white supremacist Nick Fuentes. A member of Donald Trump's team is calling uh, the former president's dinner with Kanye West and renowned white supremacist and Holocaust denier Nick Fuentes a effing nightmare as they scramble to run damage control for his 2024 campaign. Uh, the source who served uh, as a long-term advisor to the um, uh, embattled politician chose to remain anonymous to avoiding angering him or being thought of as del- disloyal. Anyways, what do you think about the whole visit from uh, Nick Fuentes and uh, Connie West going to Mar-a-Lago? What are your thoughts on that? Um, honestly, I didn't. I, this is the first time I heard of this, so I don't know if I have anything worthwhile even talking about. Okay, Adam, but, what do you think about it? Look, um, <laughs> This was not a good look for Donald Trump, okay? So um, Trump's been known that if someone likes me, I like them, right? Like that's sort of his thing. If he says nice things about me, I like them now, right? (laughs) But this was the exact opposite of a positive direction for Trump. I mean, the the bottom line is you have people that were so staunchly in his camp. You see what Ann Coulter just said? No. Ann Coulter was, if you recall, the first person Bill to Ma- accurately. I'm Bill, Ma- I'm Bill Maher. She was yeah. the first person and they to laughed, accurately. They laughed at her. They laughed her off stage. <laughs> Everyone, oh, you dumb bitch. You don't know yeah. nothing. It turns out she was right. She was right. She is now basically saying, I am so done with this guy. Mm. Read the news. Ann Coulter saying this. Then you've got, you know, the whole Fox Murdoch situation. Mm-hmm. Murdoch's done with him, right? There's this groundswell of people just saying, like, look, man, you've done some good stuff, you've done some bad stuff, time to exit stage left. And when I say that, I don't mean like the 30% of America that is his staunch base. Sure. I mean everyone else. Mm. And that's the problem in this country right now is that 30% of the country, look right here, right-wing pundit Ann Coulter dismisses Rhino Trump, says he's so done. And you've got the McConnells of the world, and you've got the Bill Barrs of the world, and the VP Mike Pence of the world, all basically saying, look, Don, thank you for everything. 
we're kind of over you. And then who's everybody? You know, the latest uh, flavor of the day is everybody's on DeSantis right now. And for, this isn't even my opinion. Who cares what Adam has to say? I don't think he's the flavor of the day. I think he's growing because of his performance as a governor. True that. Let's but it, be fair but with that. Yeah. Co- correct. But the the reason why he's in the national media is because he's the counterpart or the the better alternative to Trump. That's sort of the, how the media is portraying him. But forget about what Adam thinks. Forget about Republicans think. What you need to focus on is what independents think. We all we all just saw what happened in the midterms. You know, Republicans are supposed to run away with this thing. Were they not? Like it was supposed to be a bloodbath. What they call it a red wave. Mm-hmm. It was like a red teardrop because independents broke overwhelmingly for the Democrats. And if you want to win in this country, we which say this all is, the time. Which is still shocking to me. Well, was, but 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 here's my point, Kevin. If your vote was counted. Don't be shocked <laughs> if it happens again, yeah. right? And if if you want to, like, but, for me. But how bad does it have to get? I mean, under under Biden, how bad does the country have to get for somebody to go? Oh, I don't know. I'm should, not really in, like, the complaining business. I'm in, like, the just yeah. looking at the facts business. Mm-hmm. Right now, they just did polling. Like, do you want Trump to run again? 80% of Republicans said yes. 90% of Democrats said no, right? Obviously clear. But 60% of independents said no. That's the number you need yeah. to look at. So if he loses, don't be like, well, th- what, don't you get it? We're in- energy independent. There's this clamoring for basically Americans saying, thank you so much. Please exit stage left. So if he loses again in 2024, because he'll likely get the nomination unless there's something goes terribly wrong, you already have the answer there. But back to the Nick Fuentes thing. I don't know Nick Fuentes. Uh, you know, I don't know much of his content, but we talked about a narrative. We talked about the narrative even when we talked about Patrick Mahomes the other day. Like his narrative is he's going to win the big game. And that's exactly what happened when he played against the Chargers. The narrative of, of this guy, Nick Fuentes, is that he's a white nationalist and a Holocaust denier. So that's the type of person mm-hmm. that you're having at Mar-a-Lago. And there's no vetting process, so just Kanye shows up like, hey, Kanye here, not sure if you've heard what I'm doing in the news these days, but pretty much hate the Jews, trying to go DEFCON 3 on the Jews. (laughs) By the way, I'm going to bring a Holocaust denier with me. We're going to hang out with you for a little while, Trump. And now Trump's walking this back. And last point, I say that my friend that I reference all the time, he's the biggest Trump MAGA guy in my Mm -hmm. life. Joe, you know I'm talking about him. He texts me the other day. He goes, I'm officially done with Don Trump. I said, what are you talking, like, when I say, Kevin, if you think you're a hardcore Trump supporter, he's going to make you look like a woke liberal. That's how mm-hmm. hardcore he is. He said, yeah, I can no longer support this guy who's basically hanging around with Holocaust deniers. Yeah. Uh, so that this is, when you're losing guys like that, that's not a good sign. Yeah, let me read you what Trump said here. So I help a seriously troubled man who just... Happened to be black, uh, yay, Kanye West, who has been decimated in his business and virtually everything else, and has always been good to me by allowing his request for a meeting at Mar-a-Lago alone so that I can give him very much needed advice. He shows up with three people, two of which I don't know, the other a political person who I haven't seen in years. I told him, don't run for office, a total waste of time, can't win, fake news went viral, went crazy. So that's the response. Now, you know... Um, but he's so he's calling Kanye troubled. Great, and and by the way, Kanye was on Tim Pool yesterday, right? Was it yesterday or day before? Yeah, Something he, like he that. walked off. He walked off because he wouldn't let him talk minutes. shit about Jews again. Yeah, he walked off within the first ten minutes. And who was on it? Milo was on it, and Nick was on it. So Nick that's Quentin, the crew, the yeah. three of them that are together. 
going around talking about what they're talking about. I don't know. Look, here's here's a, a couple things that is not a good idea. In a marketplace, whether you like it or not, you're going to be judged by who's around you, okay? That's how it is in business. Mm-hmm. That's how it is in sports. That's how it is in everything you do. If you come up and say your campaign is you, Milo, and Nick Fuentes, I had a meeting with Milo once six years ago, five years ago. I don't know what timeline it was. I was I don't know. I was in Orlando or somewhere like that, and we met up, uh, and uh, we had a conversation together about his father, I want to say. I think we even have a video. We never went live with it. Uh, about his upbringing, how his relationship was, was with his dad. That's where my curiosity was with Milo. I don't know who Nick is, but for a Trump, you got to know who's coming to your place, and you got to filter those people out. And for Kanye, you know, you wanted to run at a time like this, and you're going around uh, uh, walking off of sets. Anytime somebody walks off a set, I, I don't know if that's showing any kind of strength with where you're at. Wasn't a good look. Did you actually see the podcast on what happened, what led to him getting off? Like, yeah. did you watch the whole thing? Yeah. The first well, I minutes? watched. I watched it? the clip of did him get a walking chance off. To see him walking off? No, I didn't yeah. get a chance to see it. I don't know. Uh, uh, but so uh, we're talking about a couple different things here. But all the stars are aligning with Kanye, this guy Nick Fuentes coming to Trump. So it it just seems to me like if we can go to Kanye for a second, like what is he trying to prove here? What, what, like, okay, you have a beef with certain people in the music space or in the business world who happen to be Jewish. Believe me, I'm Jewish. It's not like I'm getting these phone calls to to discuss uh, Kanye's label. It's not all Jews are painted in this broad brush. These are these people you're doing business with. And the reason you're doing business with them is because they probably invented the company. Hmm. Like, they forgot that Jews, you might know this better than me, Kevin, Invented Hollywood. They oh, yeah. invented standard. Oh, yeah. It's not like they oh, just yeah. were plucked out. All right, Jews, you run it. The Warner Brothers. They no started the business. Yep. Shout out to Brian Callen for informing me of all this stuff. But <laughs> like, you're like, what's your beef? What's your point? You you want to expose the people that started the company that happened to be the people that that that, that you have a beef with? But so Kanye, you know, if there's anything I could say about Kanye, musical genius, no doubt. But we talked about his blind spots narcissist not able to just basically heed advice who's in your ear stuff that we talk about all the time here but you're basically saying yeah i've got myself in all this hot water whether you agree with it or not he's in hot water and you're saying let me go bring this white christian nationalist white supremacist what he's labeled as nick fuentes around with me everywhere now let me take him to Mar-a-Lago and, and destroy my relationship with Trump. Let me bring him on podcasts and basically, and if you're this guy, Nick Fuentes, and Connie wants to take you all around, what are you going to say? Of course. He loves the bro- Sign me up, bro. Free pre My name's all over the board. But, I, but I, tell, I, tell you, I tell you one thing as well. And there are certain labels that, that uh, hurts. It's career-ending labels, just so you know. Uh, uh, Anti-Semite, you, you know, racist, a white supremacist, a white nationalist, a, a pedo, a at, at any of this stuff, yes. right? Mm-hmm. These labels are uh, being dropped. A Nazi, they're being dropped left and right, and you just a bigot. These are very powerful labels that people mm-hmm. put on you. It's an incredible strategy to do with anybody because immediately. 99% of people who don't know who that guy is, they're going to be like, oh, he, that's, that's what he is? Done. I'm yeah. moving on. There's, yes. all, there's a tape. The, misogynist? No. Done. I'm not talking to you. This, I'm go, you know. There so, doesn't have to be proof at all. Yeah. So, so, so to me, uh, in that part, 
I've never watched a single piece of content of Nick Flynn. I have no How many times have you guys brought him up as potentially somebody to have on the podcast? And He's then you, a few like, times, for sure. right? It's come. Yeah. His name's come up a few times. I'm like, guys, I I haven't yeah. seen anything to see. So I, I can't make mm-hmm. an educated decision on where he's at. All I know is as a person that tries to do his best as an emotional being to process with reason, uh, uh, I have to sit there and reason uh, on who he is. I don't know him yet, so I can't jump to conclusion and say he is that or he's not that. Okay, uh, People change, but Kanye's strategy on how he's communicating, there is a risk when you take a position and you put it out there. Trump took a risk when he said, the borders, all these people are coming across, they're rapists, they're this, they're that. The that that, yeah. that statement came with a lot of risk, and it was on him the next 6 to 12 months to sell everybody on why that's a risk. And an American said, okay, yeah, let me tell you why we need to build a wall. And first reaction, everybody's like, what? Yeah, well, if China's got a wall, this part, why can't we have a wall? You live in a house. Nancy Pelosi's got a gated community with walls around her house. So let me get this straight. It's okay for people to build a wall house around a wall against their house, but it's not okay to build a wall against your country. What's wrong with that? Such and such does it. And you're like, oh, wow, okay. Voter ID. Mexico does voter ID. Why can't we do voter ID? And you're like, oh. So these are things that you have to sell. And Kanye hasn't done a good job selling. That's right. all there is to it. If he was a better salesperson of the controversial argument he made, then the audience would say, oh, okay, that's, you know what? Fine, that's a, that's a good point. He's not been able to sell his point. Your job as a campaigner is to sell a point for others to say, that makes sense. That hasn't happened to enough people yet. Can, can I tell you why I agree sure. with you wholeheartedly yeah. uh, on, on the labels, right? So, like, you've worked your ass off to be like, if you put in Patrick Bet David, or if someone wants to, like, if the media wants to write something about Patrick Bet David, they're going to say, entrepreneur Patrick Bet David said, da 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 da. Actor Kevin Sorbo said, blah 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 blah. Look at the look at the uh, outlet right here. Yeah. Right wing pundit Ann Coulter yeah. says, da da da. This is who you are. Okay, mm-hmm. we're all creating ourselves and. Maybe if you're lucky enough, you get labeled what you actually are, right? <laughs> so when Kanye West, who's been known as rapper Kanye West for 20 plus years, is now anti-Semitic rapper Kanye West, he's earned that label. Mm-hmm. So when this guy Nick Fuentes is labeled as white supremacist, Holocaust denier Nick Fuentes, I'm sorry, these labels a lot of times are who you are or they're basically you're not going to shed these labels like tom has done a good job being known as the biz doc why because he's literally a doctor of business for the last 20 something years because he's earned that right you know so lincoln a long time said don't believe everything you read on the internet okay? <laughs> and he was a big he was a very active on twitter can you pull yes. up patrick bay david height please just google patrick bay david height this is my favorite when you type in Patrick but David Height. Okay. Go and zoom in a little bit. Zoom in a little bit. One day. No, no, no. Zoom in a little bit first so we can see it. Okay, so watch this. On that website, I'm five seven. Okay. On this other website, I'm five five. Okay. On this website, I'm five seven. On that other website, I'm again five seven. Crazy. So I'm either five two, five five, five seven on, on Google. How awesome well, is in that? In real life, you're six four, which is <laughs> incredible. <laughs> but 
It's amazing. That's, that's another one says, five feet, seven inches at 154 pounds. How the hell do you find 154 pounds? It was a picture of you and me standing together, and they said, Patrick Pete on the right. right. Yeah. But, but so, so you have a point there that obviously don't believe everything you say out there, but the reality is if you, like, according to the internet, you're 5'4". You how, how many people right? say to me, I thought you were five seven. I'm like, <laughs> how, why did you think I was five seven? Well, because well, the internet said it. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I got amazing. it. No, no doubt, it, yeah, you can't just amazing. read everything at face value here. But no. you, you, everyone works very hard to have a reputation. And, how about and, we talk about Balenciaga's reputation? Is that okay sure, with you? Sure, let's do oh, that. Boy, let's talk about go. their reputation. To they see worked how very hard to ruin their reputation. My wife, go my wife it. is watching right now. Go for it. I missed, a, I missed a moment on homeschooling. She says it's risky to send your kids to public schools because you're sending your children away from you to be indoctrinated against you every day. Uh, by the way, uh, what, what's your wife's true. name? What's Sam. Sam, I fully agree with you. I had a meeting exactly. with a pastor this last week. I said... The fact that churches are not fully packed right now tells you pastors are not selling yeah. their message properly today. I, I had I had a conversation with a couple guys the other. You know what I said? I said, listen, and I know this is going to go against a lot of non non-denomination. I'm a non-denomination myself. The message was: I don't care if you're a Christian, Catholic, Seven Day, LDS, a Jew. I don't care what you are. Get your kids to go to church today. Because at least the conservative values are being taught. There's mm -hmm. never been more. If you can't afford private school, if you can't afford uh, homeschooling, you can't afford to take your kids to a local church and get them involved. Kids need a lot more now. Don't get me wrong. I know people are going to come back and say, look what happened to the Catholic church and all this other stuff. Totally get it. I understand what you're saying. All I'm saying to you is in a controlled fashion, get your kids around learning solid values. The kids are needing that more because public schools are definitely not teaching that today. Anyways, let's talk about this Balenciaga story. Uh, Kim Kardashian says she's disgusted by the Balenciaga holiday ad campaign that's been accused of sexual sexualization of minors. If you want to pull this up so we can read what she says, there's a Twitter uh, uh, thread that goes up. Uh, she says the following. Uh, I'm going to pull this up here. I have been quiet for the past few days, not because... I, have, uh, I haven't been disgusted and outraged by the recent Balenciaga campaigns, but because I wanted an opportunity to speak to their team to understand for myself how this could have happened. As a mother of four, I have been shaken by the disturbing images. The safety of children must be held with the highest regards, and any attempt to normalize child abuse of any kind should have no place in our society. I appreciate Balenciaga's removal of the campaign and apology. In speaking with them, I believe they understand the seriousness of the issue and will take the necessary measures for this to never happen again. As for my future with Balenciaga, I'm currently reevaluating my relationship with the brand, basing it off their willingness to accept accountability for something they should have never happened to begin with and the actions I'm expe expecting to see them take to protect children. So now, this is what Kim says. This is how Balenciaga responds. And tell me if you're comfortable with this. Balenciaga files a $25 million lawsuit against producers of the controversial BDSM teddy bear ad campaign. Balenciaga has filed a $25 million lawsuit. The fashion house brought the suit Friday against the production company, North Six Inc., and uh, set designer Nicholas Desjardins and his uh, eponymous company for the inclusion in one of the ads of legal documents from a U.S. Supreme Court decision on child porn laws. The fashion brand ad also showed unsettling pictures of a child holding teddy bears dressed in bondage outfits. The two-page court uh, summons 
doesn't mention the BDSM teddy bears. Balenciaga is bringing a case to seek uh, uh, redress uh, for extensive damages defendants caused in the connection with an advertising campaign Balenciaga hired from them to produce. The Manhattan Supreme Court summons alleges Balenciaga claims North Six and this Jardins included the images of the court docs without its knowledge, which was malevolent or, at the very least, extraordinarily reckless, the filing states. Let me get this straight. We've hired a lot of different marketing firms. <laughs> Here's how marketing firms work with us, okay? So back in the days, pre-social, like when I hadn't started a YouTube, this is 2010, 2000, I don't have a Twitter account, I don't have any of that stuff. I'm not doing anything. I don't have a YouTube account. I started YouTube, I think, December of 2012, 2013 is when we started. So I hired this marketing agency, and they come in and they say, we should do this. A marketing agency, you pay them the money, they present you the product, the video, the commercial, whatever it may be, and then you say no, and then from there, you give them access if they're using your Twitter account. You give them access if they're using your Instagram, Instagram account. You give them access to all your social. A marketing company doesn't come and post anything on your Instagram account without your permission, Balenciaga. So unless if this marketing company came in with a gun put to your head at the board meeting saying, give us all your passwords, let us post this with the following, and let you get some backlash, no, this $25 million lawsuit is not the marketing's company. You agreed for this thing to be posted. You get 100% of the responsibility. Stop thinking people are dumb. There's not a single marketing firm agency in America mm -hmm. that comes in having access to all your password to post this. This was 100% your responsibility. And the most naive person in America who, who runs or works for a marketing agency has called bullshit in your strategy here to defend your position that you had with this. You screwed up royally. Oh, completely. And by the way, this is a smokescreen. This is complete BS because the production company has approvals that have to be at all these checkpoints, all these sign-offs. Hey, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? They don't move without signatures because that's how they get paid. So this is a smokescreen. They are suing these guys, and it's going to get tossed because these guys are going to go, oh, you mean these approvals and this summary of what the photo shoot was going to be that was signed off by the chief marketing officer and this here and the three people from the company Who actually that were believes there? this, though? Who believes that this was an accident? No, I don't think... I, I hope any sensible person doesn't believe it's an accident, but my point is this suit's going to get tossed quickly, and this is a smokescreen for Balenciaga. Temporary. Nothing's going to court. Nothing, big legal dollars aren't going to be spent except on filing fees because the court is going to toss us. This is just them protecting their butt. That's all this is. So, so this is better what, than what a press think, release. What do you think about this? I'm suing Kevin? someone, so it's better no, than a I, press release. I, I agree. I mean, this is just a way to just cover themselves and say, "I had no idea about this." Of course, they had an idea about this. You're not spending the kind of money they're spending with these people and not being in, included in what they're. They were on putting set, out there. looking at dailies. Of course they were. <laughs> oh, isn't this cute? Yeah, it's cute. It's great. It's, kind it's of like don't it's look over here. Look, don't don't yeah. look no, at no, us no, over no, here. No. We don't want to accept. Change the lighting. Give me more purple. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it, I don't think he has anything to stand on. You're right. This would be thrown out immediately. But you know, you know what I would think is what the marketing agency is going to say. Like, say, say you're the marketing agency. You're listening to this. Let's just say you're that marketing agency. You presented this to them. A marketing agency comes in, asks a ton of questions. The brand tells you what they're looking for. For example, let me tell you what kind of a commercial we want to make. We want to make a commercial where... 
think about the story. I want a voice of God telling the story of how Jeep uh, Cherokee uh, and, and how the hardworking American man, I want it to be a deep voice to tell the story and then we show how America's been so great and what it's done and how the creators, the hard worker, the steel workers, we want that kind of an image. And then a marketing company goes and creates that commercial for you. That's how commercials are made, just so you know. <laughs> well, this is going to hurt the marketing agency as well. This is going to be that, in their portfolio. Who wants to hire these guys if this kind of ideas they're coming up with? I, I, but I don't put the onus and on the marketing agency. This poor guy, Jardines, yeah. just going <laughs> to... Uh, all I know is uh, uh, you're going to see how long this is going to last. So look, a story came out, which is kind of weird, but I don't know. Uh, uh, when you read a story like this, it's kind of weird. Page two, about page three about California, uh, uh, and this kind of goes with this. Thousands of convicted pedophiles in California are being released from prison in less than a year. Pedophiles are getting less than a year prison time after a range of horrific acts, including rapes, raping kids under 14. A DailyMail.com investigation reveals analysis of a California database of sex offenders shows thousands of child molesters are being let out after just a few months. Despite sentencing guidelines, current and former sex crimes prosecutors said the figures are terrifying and shameful. More than 7,000 sex offenders were convicted of uh, lewd or uh, 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 lascivious. lascivious acts with a child under 14 years of age, but were let out of prison the same year they were incarcerated. Data from California Megan's Law Database, database says. Uh, it, the way California is being ran right now, which, which story? Yeah, we'll, we'll finish with that. What are your thoughts about the story with California? Does it surprise you? I mean, we're letting people attack people with tire irons and, and baseball bats and let them out the same day. It's like you bring them in, you let them out. I mean... What's going on in that state? What you can steal a thousand dollars or less than a thousand dollars worth of twenty twenty four Walgreens or something in San Francisco closed down. Yeah, because people are going in every day stealing thousands. I mean, tens of thousands. How do you stay in business? And the elderly in California no are so careless; they leave the door unlocked. Guys come in, hit you with a hammer. <laughs> I mean, it's just. Have you? Uh, do you still live in California? No, I left four years ago. I live here. We left live in Florida. We left before all the COVID madness. Yeah, we 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 wow. live in West Palm Beach area. We we left. We've been coming out for years. We have family living out here, and we've been looking to go to California for at least the last ten years. And four years ago, we just finally made the move. Do you miss it at all, or what do I you miss? miss the I most? loved. I, I lived in an area called Westlake Village, Thousand uh, Thousand Oaks. It's between LA and Santa Barbara. And yeah. I don't have to decide. It's beautiful. I missed the house I had there. I missed the mountains. Um, I've got the ocean here, so I don't miss the ocean. Mm -hmm. But you lived um, in Westlake. Yeah. Off of Kestero, which where did you? Off of uh, Canaan, off, of, off, off of Lindero Canyon. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. By the way, do you know do you know where Westlake is? I only know Very the nice. office in uh, Westlake and Lake Let Sherwood. Me tell you, Westlake is like honestly, it's like the place to be where you have some sort of privacy and you're off the map. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very cool area. West Lake, Agora Hills, phenomenal yeah, it's about area. about 45 miles north of downtown LA. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. We were there for 10 years. Love it. I miss my house. It was fantastic. But we just got to a point, I said, I've, I've shot over 70 movies since my Hercules and Andromeda years. And I would say 60 of those, Texas or further east. Nothing shoots in California. And I said, why are we paying state tax, dealing with the traffic, dealing with the ta the politics of the state? Yeah. So nothing actually shoots in California. 60 out of 70. All the studios sitcoms, are housed there, though. Sitcoms, pretty most part. But no, they None of the Toronto, movies. Vancouver, um, Georgia, as I mentioned. Yeah, Atlanta, uh, New Orleans. I just shot the Reagan movie in, in uh, Guthrie, Oklahoma with Dennis Quaid. Gotcha. That's Dennis. coming out So when you see year. all these actors, like, you know, Mark Wahlberg yeah. just left. I mean, you're, you I'm not that, surprised. It's because... Yeah. But as far as 
the uh, doing your job, right. you don't necessarily need to be no. in California. Mark Mark Wahlberg could live in anywhere. I don't know why he picked Nevada. I think there's a lot of stuff. I mean, I had a home there for many years, but gotcha. um, I just uh, for me it was convenient to get into L.A. when I needed to get in there. But but uh, Wahlberg is probably looking the same thing. I heard he wants to build a studio out there as well. But we're grateful to be here. The movie's been fantastic, and uh, I love it here. Like I said, I've been coming up you, for years. You live, anyway. where, you live here in Westlake Village area. I mean, not Westlake uh, West Palm Beach area. West Palm Beach area. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, it's a, we we, we uh, uh, originally when we came here we made offers on homes in uh, Manalapan. I like Manalapan mm-hmm. a lot. Lantana, that whole area. We're in Wellington. We're in horse country. Oh, I know where we you're got, at. We yeah, got we got we got, we got land. We got uh, on a lake. It's you're it's right by fantastic. King's College. King, is it not King's College? King's, King's College is, isn't too far away. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know the the kid who won the valedictorian two years ago. He gave a speech that went viral, twenty million views. The mm-hmm. valedictorian at yeah. the school. It's a great school. We looked at yeah. the campus. We got a, a tour. Sure. Nice facility, and it's. In Wellington, I want to say a mile uh, or two I away from it's Wellington. More, yeah, it's 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 probably for where you live. It's probably about ten miles. Yeah, away. but what do you always yeah. say about California? I love it here, but it's not worth the thirteen point three percent. What <laughs> was they're about to raise it higher? I heard. And and by the way, as much as you say what you say about California, just so you know, Newsom will be the Democratic nominee well, for will. president because he, he is a superstar for them. Where's the story about U.S. It's against it's Iran? It's Where's on the, the first page, uh, page three. Let's see page what three. we got going on here. So this this game, we got a big game. Iran today, guys. calls for U.S. to be kicked out of the World Cup after removing Islamic yeah. Republic symbol from the flag. Social media post: The U.S. men's national team. Uh, infuriated Iran's uh, uh, officials by briefly using an Iranian flag that lacked the Islamic Republic symbol in the center of the banner on the U.S. team's uh, social media World Cup post. The USMNT posted a statement saying it intended to use an incle- uh, incomplete Iranian flag for 24 hours to show our support for women in Iran. Wow. The USMNT used a flag to represent Iran in its World Cup social media post that appeared solely as a green, white, and red striped banner, deleting the central symbol of a sword and four curves representing the saying, there is no God but God. The design is also meant to represent a tulip to, uh, or lotus flower. The symbol was created in 1980 by the Islamic Republic after the 1979 Mullah revolution that ousted the Shah of Iran from power, the Daily Mail reported. By the way, the interviews have been epic. The uh, uh, U.S. Uh, player that was asked, by, by the way, we are not Iranian, you know, Iranian. And, and so well, I apologize for the way to pronounce. I will do my best. This is the great thing about progress. I've played for a lot of different teams around the world. Uh, what I like about America is that we're making progress. You know, the message yeah. we gave. I, I thought it was that, kind of that Yeah, it was good. So what's going to happen? This is a big game. This I is mean, a very big it, game. It, it, it's going to be high scoring. Another one zip or two to one game. <laughs> another <laughs> thriller <laughs> and soccer <laughs> watching people run 100 meters back and forth. <laughs> they're calling for Americans to uh, America USA to be kicked out for what they did with, with oh, the flag. Yes, mm. yeah, I'm Cancel making a call. prediction. Uh, the only thing that will be kicked out is Iran mm. after they lose this it, game. America wins. Culture. We move on yeah. to the quarterfinals, Thank and Iran you. will be kicked out. You know oh. how many people came up to me this weekend? England said, Wales was how many? Uh, who's Pat Root for? Iran or USA? When I said I get my plug. Yeah, we're about to. <laughs> I, said, uh, I will tell you this. I will tell you. I Go said, ahead. I said one thing I know about Pat. Is that he was born in Iran, but he was made in the USA, and I assume you're rooting for the country we love and live in right it's now. It's not even People. close. It's not even close. But I will tell you. I mean, of course, I'm rooting for US to to win it because uh, uh, for many different reasons, values, all that stuff. But if I'm an analyst, not talking about it with who I want to see win, mm-hmm. Iran's the better team. Just so everybody so. knows, Iran's the better team. US doesn't really have a. They're zero. I think 0-1-1. 
Iran's here's a great thing about this game. Anybody can win it. Like if you want to have a mm-hmm. game that you go on to watch and see who's going to win it, anybody can win it. So we'll see what's going to happen today. At what time? Two o'clock. Two o'clock. It's going to be a big game. Eastern. Um, big um, game. Kevin, tell USA. us about the books. Tell us about what you're working on right now. Uh, coming out. Um, please go to leftbehindmovie.com. Left Behind Movie. Left Behind's based on the books that were sold. Eighty million copies of it. Um, leftbehindmovie.com opens on 1100 screens January 26th the Reagan movie is coming out sometime next spring I got another movie called Miracle in East Texas that I did with Lou Gossett Jr. and uh, John Ratzenberger that's going to come out sometime next spring as well Um, I'm hosting a trip to Israel so uh, I hope people join us my wife and I took people back in 2019 we're leaving in May of 2023 go to um, SorboIsraelTrip.com SorboIsraelTrip.com It's going to be awesome What's we going on in Israel, spots. We got 12, uh, 12 days of being uh, Basically walking in the footsteps of Jesus It's an amazing, amazing trip This is my fourth time going I was just there in spring I did a documentary And um, I hope people join us for that as well And what else is going on in my book uh, True Strength Please check out True Strength And check out True Faith You can go to SorboStudios.com Sorbo. Studios.com. I gave you a lot of information here. I hope you guys were writing down quickly there. We're but plugging I, all I, of I it, just man. put the link in the chat that says the Sorbo, the one going to uh, Israel. SorboIsraelTrip.com. Yep, and then you got SorboStudios.com. We got a lot of great um, Christmas items you guys can get there. I've, I've done a lot of wonderful movies like God's Not Dead, What If, Let There Be Light, which is right here. Let There Be Light is an awesome movie. This movie actually opened. You talked about earlier about, and we were talking about in Hollywood, this movie opened number number uh, number two per screen average against Thor Ragnarok when it came out four years ago. Okay, number two, okay, against a, a three million dollar movie. Sean Hannity funded it. Um, three million dollar movie against a three hundred million dollar movie. Thor Ragnarok. I get a call from Netflix after opening weekend saying we want to open an inspirational division with you at Netflix. I had four meetings with them over the next few months. They never did anything, which is really sad. And I said, you guys get to pass your ideology and hate. There's 80 million homes in America that want the kind of movies I do that are filled with love, hope, faith, and redemption and laughter. Holly won't do them. I do them. But we can only get supported by people like you because we don't have a $100 million advertising budget. So please, mm-hmm. SorboStudios.com. Awesome. I love that. I love that. Okay. Uh, Tyler, uh, uh, what do we have? Do we have another podcast this week or no? We have another podcast. Uh, two on Thursday. Potentially two on Thursday. Definitely Andrew Schultz. Andrew Schultz. Thursday okay. afternoon, that should 3 be p.m., okay. I believe. Good. Yeah. And, and then, then do we have one on Friday or no? No. Potentially one Thursday morning. Definitely Schultz Thursday afternoon. And the afternoon, Thursday morning is very different than the one on Thursday yeah. afternoon. Very, That's not confirmed yet? I got okay. to give one more plug. Patriot Mobile. Check that out. Patriot Mobile is the fight against Verizon and Amazon. It's a Christian conservative company based out of Dallas, Texas. And they give they give fifty percent of profits back to conservative businesses. Awesome, Patriot Kevin, you Patriot got a lot Mobile. going on, right. man. Check I'm it impressed. out. All right, Kevin, appreciate you for coming out. This All was right. fantastic. Have a good one, guys. We'll do this again on Thursday. Bye bye, bye bye.